Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Covfefe Break. What's today? Monday, March 7th. It is the second to last Covfefe Break, as I mentioned on Friday. But we will still stream during this time. It just won't be Covfefe Break. Um, you can go to unsafespace.com always to watch our streams. We have a live uh, embed there where we... Um, we don't censor ourselves. So, for example, yesterday we had a great discussion about The Real Anthony Fauci, which is a book by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and we didn't want to have it on YouTube, so we had it on non-YouTube platforms, uh, and it, but it was still streamed on unsafespace.com, so you can always go there. Uh, Utreon, Odyssey, Rumble, we're always in those spots as well. You can follow us on Twitter, our second account, uh, underscore unsafespace, until that one gets banned. And uh, don't forget to press the subscribe button, share the content, all that kind of stuff. Um, and if you didn't see the book club discussion yesterday, I highly recommend you check it out um, because it was a super interesting book. Um, really good discussion. I learned a bunch. So, uh, all right. Today we have uh, <laughs> we have a special guest that I'm uh, very, very impressed with. I wish more people were like her. Um, today we're speaking with Elle who many of you may know as some bitch I know, which is kind of a badass name. Uh, she's an independent researcher who last night told me that she's been on a propaganda sniping spree, so I'm uh, interested to ask about that. Um, you can follow her on Gab at some bitch I know. I think she's been banned from Twitter a bunch of times. I don't think she's on Twitter anymore. She can correct me. But you can always find her at somebitchtoldme.com. So, Elle, welcome to Go Feff Your Break in Unsafe Space. Well, thank you for having me, Carter. <laughs> Super excited. <laughs> so... Are you? Are you are banned from Twitter, right? You're I oh, which time? Banned? No, no, no. I well, know I, you were banned a lot. Are you on it now? I am uh, on the record. No, but I off see. the you know, I do have a account that I use to monitor Twitter, but I don't post anything on it actively. No. Okay. So, so, so no, for no anybody, for anybody who asks, no, 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 no. no okay. Okay. So, but Gab is, you're active on Gab. You're very active on Gab. I'm active on Gab and on Telegram for the most part, so. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, before we get into stuff, why don't you just tell a little people a little bit about your background? Oh, Lord. Um, it's not, you don't have to do a lot, but just, I, one thing that I find, I told you this before the show, um, but one thing that I really like about you is you do, you like, you're one of the few people who get their hands dirty and do actual research on things like journalists used to do. Well. So. You know, so for, hey, for anybody who doesn't know me, hi, I'm Elle. I always, I, I always feel like you're kind of setting expectations of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just a, a person in her house in Alabama doing her best. And I think that that's, I cannot, you know, that cannot be overstated enough. But uh, a couple of years ago in March of 2020, uh, I worked for government contractors, a financial data analyst. And at the time, COVID numbers were going uh, it, we, nobody knew where, where they were at and what was happening with them. And so I put together this Twitter thread that uh, happened to go, uh, as they say, viral overnight. And so I gained a platform and an audience basically out of nowhere. And I've basically <laughs> been dealing with that ever since. Uh, and it's been amazing. But uh, I just kind of follow my, both my intuition. Now I've kind of formed a, a wonderful community of, of people who... I, I don't even want to say followers, but just people who are part of the community who we also share information, collaborate information in, in real time sometimes. And um, just like we were saying before the show, I tend to just 
whenever I hear something rather than just going, oh, that sounds interesting. I try to find out, you know, the, the mechanics behind it and who's behind it and why things are going in a certain direction. And uh, on the show, or I have a show three nights a week, by the way, uh, on the show the other night, I was reading an article about the ghost of Kiev, which is the, you know, the fake story about the uh, MIG plane. And, and um, it led us down a whole new rabbit hole of, of people who work with the Council on Foreign Relations and the Atlantic Council and the Digital Forensics uh, Lab at the Atlantic Council um, that are propagating quite a bit of this uh, the wartime propaganda. And not only that, uh, they're, they're being cited in articles on military.com, mind you, uh, saying that propaganda is not only needed, but that the United States needs to help generate and push more of it. And so it, it's just, rather than just seeing a, a, a quick blurb about so-and-so at uh, the Atlantic Council, I you know, just start digging into it. But it's, to be honest, it's something that anybody can do. I'm lucky enough to be able to do it for a living now, but it's, it's just, I, I, I'm a curious don't person. Do it, that, though. Well, they yeah, don't, but, but it, a lot of people do. They just don't get the recognition for it, to be honest. But uh, I just follow the, my curiosity wherever it goes. And it usually comes up with all kinds of interesting things. So that's enough yeah. about me. <laughs> no, it's great. I'm, so I'm going to ask you, I, you touched on some stuff I'm sure we'll talk about, uh, but I'm going to ask you just a big broad question to start with, which is what's the most important thing that the corporate press is lying to us about right oh. now? Oh, okay. Ask me, ask me a hard one, Carter. Okay. Hang on. All right. Let's think, <laughs> let's think about this for a second. The biggest thing that the corporate press is lying to us about right now. I mean, I will preface this by saying I am no expert in the long history of Russia and Ukraine uh, affairs and my opinions, thoughts, and knowledge are subject to change uh, without warning at any given time upon learning new information. Uh, however, I do think that I would, I mean, COVID obviously comes to mind. I don't Are we on YouTube? We're on YouTube, right? I probably shouldn't say some of this stuff. But. Yeah. I mean, you can just, you can say, you can say COVID, just be circumspect, you know? Um, I think that COVID always comes to mind because that's one of the things that I focus on the most. But as far as Russia and Ukraine stuff goes, it's it's how much of it is propaganda and how much of it is being generated by these think tanks in D.C. and in Delaware and in uh, Virginia uh, that it, it, it's a lot of it's falsified. And I can't really think of anything in particular. It's just that even even the news outlets that are that you might like are, are in on it. You know, there's, it's, it's hard to know who to trust and it's, I don't know who to trust to be honest. That's why I don't trust anybody, but yeah. I, I don't, that's not really a groundbreaking. Uh, no, I, know, I, I, item I, there, I, but that's kind of my good. feeling on it. <laughs> I mean, I think one, one thing that I think has become obvious for everyone, it should be that if there's potential for a war, all the news outlets are down. Like they're all like, I mean, at this time, Fox Everybody. is a little bit, but like mostly it's weird that the left has become the war hawks now. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, um, although yeah. they probably always were and we just didn't realize. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> again, the history of Russia and Ukraine going on, the involvement with uh, the United States and Ukraine in 2014 uh, and and before and after that, obviously, but 2014 is a big year to kind of start in. That's where I started when I started looking into kind of what led us to where we are now. Uh, 
it is an ongoing and bipartisan uh, situation there. I watched a video just the other day of uh, it was Amy Klobuchar, uh, mm -hmm. John McCain, and uh, Lin Lindsey Graham, you know, all there together oh. in, mm -hmm. I believe, 2018, where they're all, you know, pledging their, you know, undying support uh, militarily for Ukraine in Ukraine to uh, Ukrainian soldiers. And it just like what a, what a motley crew, you know, and it's it's interesting how uh, DC finds itself often in gridlock over things that, you know, we're all really truly care about. But when it comes to things like uh, war, it, it's funny how that's it's suddenly becomes a, a bipartisan issue that everybody can get behind. Just, right. You know. We can all support. Yeah. We can all support war with Russia, with the world's largest uh, nuclear power. We can all support that. That's not controversial. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it disappoints me. And I, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure a lot of people can agree with me on this. It disappoints me how gung-ho people that, again, on my very short list of people that I pay attention to and, and, and respect and trust, how many of the people that are on that very short list that were that also just jumped right onto it. I mean, it really, yes. people have lost it, you know? And I, yeah. just, I don't, I don't yeah. really know where to start with it, to be honest. Yeah, I think we, we had, I, I mean, I haven't considered myself a conservative for 20 something years. I mean, I, cause I kind of went the libertarian angle for a while and uh, we, but we had a lot of conservatives during the mm. COVID thing, a lot of conservatives coming in and that we, you know, we befriended or that I started following because a lot of conservatives were pushing back on some of the COVID mandate stuff. And like there was this mm -hmm. shared alliance, but then you're right. Ukraine happened and they all just time to bomb putin and it was like whoa 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 <laughs> what what just happened you, not only the, i mean you have lindsey graham which i hate to keep using it as an example no he's a great I example i don't look to lindsey graham for just about anything except for you know fodder for the discussion on my show but you know you had lindsey graham who went on fox news and you know I'm sure y'all have seen this or heard or read it by now, but called for the assassination of Vladimir Putin. And then he went into his official Twitter account, tweeted it. And uh, then a, a few days later, Kensinger uh, was asked on to Fox news, which should be like, it just raises a litany of red flags right there. But his only response to all of that was no, he shouldn't have been. He, he just said he should have been more professional about it, but he's not wrong. I mean, our, <laughs> right. I mean, again, I'm not looking to Lindsey Graham and Kensinger to be the, the you know, bastion for what, uh, you know, a conservative should look like. But holy shit, yeah. it's, it's, it's worse than I, I honestly thought it would be in this kind of situation. So, yeah. And and you do have some interesting gaslighting, like Jen Psaki the other day was just she just she literally uttered words. I might be paraphrasing, but basically she said <laughs> regime change. Regime change is not U.S. policy. I'm like, what, where have you been my entire life? <laughs> like, what, what did you miss all of the regime changes that was like, what are you talking about? It, Just, it's literally foreign <laughs> policy. It's like, it's our number one foreign policy regime change. That, I mean, that, again, I am not super well versed in the history and I'm learning more every day. And, and the more I learn about it all, the less, the more I realize I don't know anything about it all. But I mean, Regime change is kind of what got us into this mess with in Ukraine. Uh, from what right, I 2014, kind of, regime right. change in the Ukraine. Like, yes, yes. <laughs> and she was a press secretary at the time for the White House. But, you know, the, the, the attention span of, of the 
population at large, including myself, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not just saying, oh, I'm perfect and everyone else is an idiot, but our attention spans are so short and we find ourselves uh, being distracted by the every shiny new thing and every new talking point and, you know, wanting to, you know, for, for example, uh, the, with the State of the Union speech uh, the other night with Biden, everyone wanted to, you know, get the sound bites on them of them on their show making fun of him going go get him at the end but i mean previously or prior to that he had just announced that they were already a month into funding like the second coming of darpa and nobody's talking right. about that they're talking about him saying go get him I'm like just focus everybody and i'm again i'm saying that to myself because i did the same thing on my show and I, like i have to constantly check myself and uh, you know try to live up to my own extremely high expectations that I fall short of constantly, but it's, it's a lot easier to make fun. Like, I, I honestly feel like some of it's intentional because they know that everyone, it's all about the like Ben Shapiro esque gotcha moments. Like, yes, you know, libtards owned and wrecked by Shapiro. Like that's, that's what gets clicks now. It just is. And so nobody wants to hear you talk about, you know, ARPA H they want to make fun of go get them and feel good about it. It's just, it's sad but it's yeah. true. No, I think, I think you're right. So let's get into a little bit. Uh, okay. You mentioned the CFR. I don't think anyone even knows what that is. Why don't you just tell people oh. what the Council on Foreign Relations is? Well, that's a very big question, but the Council on Foreign Relations is a think tank that says that it's not involved with our government, but is made up of media uh, members, former members of our government, uh, business uh, executive CEOs, very just powerfully powerful and well-placed people uh, all over. And it's just, it's a, a, a club of sorts. And pretty much anytime you see anybody who is involved with the council on foreign relations or the Atlantic or Pacific councils, or there's a, there's a few other groups in particular that always raise red flags for me. And, um, it's 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 just one of those big bloated entities that that ends ends up being one of the you know architects behind a lot of things that go on. It it's not a very good explanation, but the you know the official definition of council on foreign let's let's have a look at what they actually say about themselves uh, because th their de their definition of themselves and what they actually are is you know very different. And of course, I'm just a crazy conspiracy person on the internet, so by all means, you can disagree with me all you well, want they, to. They do. They they do like advise they get they do write reports for Congress and they presidents do. and then like they mm -hmm. do whether or not they're not official maybe they're not an official part of the government but like lots of high ranking government people are a part of them and they do get taken seriously by Washington. Pretty much they uh, they I mean if you go to the uh, CFR CFR.org if you want to go look at their official site um, the, the the it's war in Ukraine is the top featured topic what's at stake for China and Ukraine perspective on Ukraine uh, talking about uh, the humanitarian crisis the need to take in refugees all over it, it, all of the moving pieces around the world that they're one of the uh, the influence I guess like influential groups. Uh, that shape the media opinion, government opinion, and action. It's it's just a kind of a well. There you go. See, uh, and yep. and oftentimes there's again subcommittees and subgroups and and little different breakoff uh, sects of the um, CFR that 
all kind of work independently and then together with each other. It's, it's, it's again, that's not a very good explanation, but it's, it's, it's like the United States version of the World Economic Forum, in my opinion, or kind of on an analogous to that, at least. So if you're familiar now, with the World Economic Forum, maybe that. Yeah, be a maybe before. we'll have to get into that, too. But well, that, that's <laughs> a whole different conversation. But at least I think people that watch this stream know about the World Economic Forum. I don't think it's news to them, but right. I, CFR was like, I think, uh, materialized roughly after World War One, 1924, like, I think. I'd have to. Yeah, I think there was well. like an informal thing first, and then they. But it was mm -hmm. like a bunch of globalists. They were kind of globalist mindset mm -hmm. even then, because mm -hmm. they oh, yeah. they intended to form like a uh, one group between Europe and the U.S. and the U.S. People were not having it. They're like, no, no, we're, we're too isolationist. We don't want that. So mm -hmm. they kind of did it in the U.S. separately from from the U.K. Um, but they do. I stand correct. Nineteen twenty-one. Okay. Right. So, uh, but yeah, they they've been. I think Eisenhower was even uh, a member of of the Council on Foreign Relations. Like they they they're very powerful. So what do very. they have to do with like? When you say when they you're like going down this rabbit hole and you found Council on Foreign Relations, are they related to? Um... It's, it's it's people who are members of uh, Council on Foreign Relations who are are part of this. Uh, let me pull up. I'll send you the link to where this kind of all started. Um, okay. Because again, it it really just started. We were, we were discussing on the show about uh, the ghost of Kiev and just how. Um, disappointing it was that people were kind of falling for it um and it led me to this military.com article maybe while you're doing that i'll just let people know about i got it right are... okay you got it i got i'll send it to you on the all right all right cool all right are you sending it on private chat yes or i sent it oh or discord I it doesn't matter i sent it to you on discord but i put it on private chat forgot i could do that okay either one okay all right. Well, I'll there pull we up the private chat one. Okay. And we will, <laughs> if I can figure out how to use my computer. Oh, so this, Beverly's this, got it. Thank you, Beverly. This was the uh, the article that kind of uh, spawn or you know began the rabbit hole. This is on military.com. This is an article that was published on uh, March second, twenty twenty two. That of course, it's you know the headline is Ukraine's fighter ace uh, ghost of Kiev may be a myth, but it's lethal as war morale. And we were talking on the show about just how uh, the the cope is so strong with these people that even after I mean Kensinger again to use him as an example uh, tweeted a picture of I mean if y'all are familiar with the Sam Hyde meme, which you know he single handedly. <laughs> resuscitated sam hyde uh he put he tweeted a picture of sam hyde's face on it like a fighter pilot and said it was the ghost of kiev and was like go get him he deleted it very quickly but like these are this is how stupid these people are and so when you know everyone was sharing that uh it was a video from a video game uh that people were sharing is is real but after you know people started coming out and saying you know actually no that's fake they're like, well, but it's it's good. It's good for it's good for morale. It keeps people excited and happy. And it doesn't matter that it's fake. It's for a good cause. This is on military.com where they're saying this. <laughs> and if you if you go down this article a little bit further, uh, it, it mentions uh, the, the first quote as um, 
Da, 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 da. Uh, if you go down, it'll be after the first video. It's the first name will be Peter Singer uh, that's mentioned. Uh, this is again uh, just a little bit further. So it says Peter Singer, a uh, oh, I scroll off a bit, an American political scientist and author of Like War: The Weaponization of Social Media, which again I like immediately was like I got to save this and look at this book. Yeah, got to look at uh, that told, one. <laughs> told military.com that the Ghost of Kiev is the latest example of how governments rely on hero narratives to inspire bravery and boost morale when they're being oppressed. It is a very classic human need to find and search for heroes amidst tales of horror. He said it's something the governments involved need to generate and push and again so many <laughs> alarm bells going off here like again, this this yeah. man an american political scientist saying governments need to generate and push fake propaganda to galvanize both support uh, uh, you know at home and abroad Things like this used to be, you'd have to, you know, file FOIA requests, you'd have to sue to learn this information. And now they just, they talk about it openly. And not only that, people read this and agree with it. And they're like, yeah, it's good for morale. I, I, I genuinely cannot believe that this is where we're at, where people are like, propaganda, good. Yeah, yeah. It, doesn't it doesn't matter if it's fake. It doesn't matter that we all fell for a like flight simulator clip. <laughs> you know, it's good, it's good for war, it's good for war morale. Um, and so it keeps um, it keeps going. It says, although Russia has been has long been considered the master of information warfare by many security experts, Ukraine has been effectively utilizing Telegram, Twitter, and Facebook to push war narratives that have been shared at unprecedented levels. Again, I cannot believe this is in here. <laughs> They're just saying it. They're saying the quiet yes. part out loud. Yeah. Quote, in any information warfare, but all the more in the new social media version of it, you need to supply a steady diet of surprises, Singer said. <laughs> uh, other viral tales have included the Ukrainian Reaper, a soldier who was rumored to have 20 kills within the first day of the invasion, as well as the fate of Ukrainian soldiers on Snake Island, who at first were reported to have been killed, but it was later announced had been captured. Again, these are, they're, they're talking about the fake narratives they've generated yep. and pushed, and, and like how it's good for war. Okay. I, it, it's, it's beyond. <laughs> then it goes on uh, a, a little bit further down. Uh, While the stories have been, have rallied Ukrainians and international support for their defense, it's less clear whether the myths are having an effect on Russian military forces due in part to major censorship by that country's government. Again, <laughs> they're making it sound like Russian government is at fault for preventing censoring their propaganda. Right. <laughs> yes. Our propaganda isn't breaching their, you know, <laughs> You know, I can we just I, pause for a second? This I, is military.com, Carter. <laughs> this isn't like no, some I, like this isn't some hokey. This is military.com. These are legitimate yeah. people that actually have pull and sway and actual very powerful influence in this country. And this is how they think, act, and behave and talk openly. It's it's shocking to me. I they wouldn't. I mean, the scary <laughs> thing is they wouldn't talk openly if they thought that anyone cared or enough people cared, right? Like. They're they're talking openly because they're they can be brazen about it because I think they feel like they're they're in control. But I mean, I, w one thing that I you're you're making me think of is the the um one one thing that you notice from the cathedral generally in the deep state is they project. And if you hear what we've been hearing about this is this strikes me as odd. We've been hearing about Russia for I don't know four five six years about oh. Russia, Russia, Russia. They are. The propagandists, they are so good at propaganda. They literally got Trump elected because they spent 
I don't know, like it turned out to be like 100K on Facebook or some repentance, right? They like, whatever they did, they got, they got Trump elected. They're so good at this. They're experts. Who knew a hundred grand on, and a few, you know, sock puppet Twitter accounts can sway a whole election. I right. suspend my belief there, but. Right, right. So the, so this, that's the narrative they push. And they say that, you know, Russia, and, and I'm not doubting that Russia does have propaganda, just like any major country, but, and then in the same breath now, they're like, all of the propaganda, everything we're seeing is about how great Ukraine is, which is like, well, who's really good at propaganda? Because if Russian's propaganda is not getting to us, so how do they suddenly overnight go from able to elect the U.S. president to not able to convince anyone in mainstream media or anyone in Congress to be on their side? It's, you know, so they've project all this. They, they've accused Putin now. I guess he has this weekend. He passed a law. Um giving him more control over Russian media, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying Russia is a free place, right? They don't have free speech, but th- th- he's not that different from us. <laughs> no, that's anytime, uh, anytime anyone's like, you know, well, look at North Korea, look at China, look at their, you know, government and their propaganda. I'm like, ours is not, you know, wrapped up in the same sort of, uh, you know, authoritarian show is maybe like a, a North Korean propaganda display. Ours is wrapped up in TikToks that are paid for by the government that aren't disclosed. And ours is wrapped up in in influencers who, uh, I mean, the White House admitted this during COVID that they had, uh, you know, contracts with influencers to, uh, you know, sway the opinion of young people to be vaccinated. Whether or not you're pro or anti, you know, COVID vaccine is neither here nor there. Like They, they said it outright that just random people on the internet uh, they were finding micro influencers, people with, you know, maybe just 20,000 followers or, or fewer, which is, sounds like it's a, it's a lot to me, but it's actually quite small, but they're, they're, you know, finding these little pockets and, and, and plugging their sphere of influence where people wouldn't expect it and not disclosing it, uh, mind you. And they did the same thing pre-election. There was a whole, did a whole dig into that. There's, it, it's insane, but no, our, our propaganda just looks different. Our, our propaganda yeah. is, 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 uh, you know, it, if it's set to like a, a snappy beat and can be summarized in a 60 second TikTok, uh, that that's how you get people to pay attention to it. If you can uh, put it into a, you know, just irresponsibly uh, incorrect infographic that gets shared on Instagram. I want to do like a whole article on that one day and just collect because Instagram into infographics are one of my favorite things to look at because they're always so awful it it reminds me of you know uh, the the clip that went viral the other day of uh, kamala harris on that morning radio show where he's like you know hey break down for people who don't know what's going on you know what's going on in russia and ukraine and and kamala harris's you know big brain decided to say you know russia is a country in europe and and ukraine is a country in eastern europe and you know russia invaded and that's bad i mean that was Like he said, break it down for people who don't understand. He didn't ask that whether or not Russia and Ukraine were countries, but that I mean that's what they think about people. And honestly, people are people are are carrying water for that response. Is saying, well, some people don't know that Ukraine's a country. Like they probably they probably don't care what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. Then to be honest, they're probably not the ones that are that are listening in, hoping they don't matter in this conversation. Yeah, just assume they're not watching. They probably aren't. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I. We have been, I, I think the U.S. 
So I, I, I think everyone knows, or most people that watch the show know, my wife is Chinese. So like I deal with, like, we know a lot about the, we pay attention to like how the Chinese government has a very, very tight control over media in many ways. And like, sure. you, you can't, like if, if an article gets shared on WeChat, people read it right away if it looks like it might be wrong think because they know mm -hmm. it'll be taken down within 45 minutes or whatever like it's right. gonna be gone right um right so if you can in, share it in at like, all I, or at least i know on, share it at all. i know on weibo it's even worse yeah i mean it, it, it's it's very it's very and a lot of stuff just doesn't get shared even though everyone mm -hmm. has vpns and they can all like just go out to the west and mm -hmm. look at stuff whenever they want but mm -hmm. uh if you look at russia or china They've got a very direct relationship with their control over the media and the narrative. Like they, mm -hmm. the law says they can do this, or in China that's state-owned or state-controlled stuff. Same, you know, Russia has you know state-owned media. In the U.S., we've we've built this level of indirection mm -hmm. that tricks everyone into thinking that we don't have state-controlled mm -hmm. propaganda. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just we just have an extra level of indirection. You just you have a conversation with Mark Zuckerberg and he does it right. Um, you build, you build things, you say things, Jen Psaki says, you know, Spotify, you might want to consider doing something about Joe Rogan. Like Spotify right. didn't say yes to that, but most of the time, if you're running a major company and you've got the apparatus of the U S government in the deep state, who by the way, could shut you down for anything at any time. Cause regulations are so horrible. They, they could really make your life hell. If they, if they gently suggest to you, you know, we think you're you let Trump get elected, so you better do something about it next right. time. Like, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to be your lapdog, and they're going to respond and push the propaganda and sen sen uh, silence the voices that the government wants them to. And mm -hmm. it's not directly the government, so we all just go, oh well. Well, so I, I think this is. I'm going to try to be careful with my phrasing here because if it comes out where it sounds wrong or if it sounds like off-putting, I probably didn't mean it that way, but there is a level of corporatism uh, in the United States that I think that a lot of people, and, and again, myself included here, uh, you know, I learn new stuff every day and change my mind every day, which is, you know, I thank God that he, you know, gave me the ability to do so. But there's a level of corporatism in the United States that I was very naive to uh, where I would, blindly support the whole notion of well it's a private business they can do whatever they want right like yeah like we they 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 dangle stories like the uh the bakery in colorado in front of us we're like well private business can do whatever they want but when you really think about uh with the the vaccine mandate for example that uh, ended up as of right now there's a there's a, a halt on that mandate but the the heavy implication from Saki, the White House, the occupiers therein is that, well, we're just going to expect those companies, the, particularly the large companies that uh, employ even whole percentages of our population uh, to just go ahead and carry out that mandate uh, because they're a private company and they can do whatever they want. And I think that that kind of notion it kind of get, gets lost on a few people that they're they're kind of manipulated into into um supporting something that's you know responsible for their uh the shit show that we're in right now i mean that uh, ronald Klein, which is one of he's a white house i think believe believe communications director i don't know ronald Klein though it's, it's it's an absolute 
clown of a human being. Uh, he was the one who they, you know, uh, myself and a few others initially noticed that he was retweeting, you know, that the, uh, the ultimate workaround uh, notion with the vaccine mandates in particular, just like these people are disgusting and they're in the white house. I, I don't feel like I'm making sense right now, but um, there, there's so much collusion between the government and corporations and, and, and private businesses that I, I think people need to be careful of, you know, endorsing as a, as a blanket statement, uh, you know, private businesses can do whatever they want. Uh, actually, no, like there's gotta be some level of accountability because the government, the government can either, you know, regulate or tax or, or, or control what happens to those uh, companies. So they toe the line for the government. It's, it's a weird, disgusting trade-off. So I don't know. Right. And it's, it, it really begs the question, like, are there really private companies in many, especially once you're large, like hardly, it, it's hard to say they're, they're not, they're not really independent. I mean, one thing, um, we learned from book club yesterday, which was about this Fauci, this Fauci book. And what something I didn't again? realize. Write down. Um, sorry, the I'll real Anthony Fauci. It's the real Anthony Fauci. That's um, by RFA, Robert F. Kennedy right? Jr. Okay. Which is interesting because Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is uh, definitely like a big government on the left kind of guy, but still uh, telling the truth about you know the problems that we're we're seeing um, and the truth about Fauci. But mm-hmm. I was one of those. I used to be one of these people that. Um, would would make this argument. People would complain about pharmaceutical companies and mm. say, why do they have to charge so much for these drugs? Mm. And they would say things like, this drug costs 10 cents to make, but they charge 100 bucks for it. And I was always of the, you know, having, if you, if you walk into that conversation with the mindset of we're in a free market, you have a response to that, which but is, we're not. right, but I would walk into that conversation with this mindset. cost and, and yada, yada, yada. And it turned out that the government funds most of that research. Pharmaceutical companies aren't footing the bill for this drug research because we're not in a free market. In fact, they're so intertwined with government funding and regulation that it's really hard to say that Pfizer is a company like a, an independent company. It's really not in any it's really not. practical way. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, is kind of what fascism is. <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know, saying that you voted for Trump on Twitter is fascism, Carter. Okay? Mm. Fascism fascism okay. has been redefined. Right. I, 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 I cannot wait for, like, no, no, no. I cannot wait for, like, 50 years from now when they're going to talk about, it's like, there's going to be another, like, party switch. Like, no, we were, we were, the parties were different back then. I swear it's going to happen. <laughs> yes, I'll, yeah. Hopefully the, I'll be. The Democrats I'll be, 50 I'll be, years be, from now. We were we were against the mask mandates and the vaccine mandates. So the party switch. Like I hopefully I'll be dead by then, but like it's gonna happen. So someone You're who's right. There'll alive. be a great switch of twenty thirty that they make up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh but it, 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 it's there there's such a level of, of involvement between uh, you know the media. I see some people in the chat talking about uh, NPR, uh you know, PBS, yeah. uh there the, we have our own kind of state funded independent media that's so awful uh there's but there's really there's really nowhere safe uh emerald robinson if y'all are familiar with her uh wrote a a, a scathing op-ed for her um oh for her what's the name of the crap one second sorry i don't know 
the the self-publishing uh substack she emerald robin oh, on her substack wrote a scathing article about how uh newsmax and all of the like conservative outlets were taking money uh behind the scenes that was only discovered by foia uh from the uh, biden administration to discuss the vaccines in a in a in a positive way and not only that but to not um bring on people who would even just speak about them in a way of you know there are some cons concerns if you if you don't if you're not in the you know vulnerable you know all other things being equal all the rational things a normal person would right. say about this yes right like there, there's been no room for debate anywhere and and so it's it's just it's it's not just the you know MSNBCs and CNNs though it's it's all over it's just a little bit more insidious because they know that people you know the trust in the the American media is at an all time low and, and you know even those plummeting poll numbers of, of trust in the media I don't trust those either but most everyone knows that the media is is uh, full of shit but sometimes I think we get lulled into a sense of security because sometimes you'll have you know a, an anchor on a certain news channel that you know says a lot of the things you like they're a little edgy they're a little fun but at the end of the day they still answer to the same sort of uh they they all answer to like the same like two or three like media conglomerates so it's 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 all controlled opposition and there's a lot of you know money and influence moving behind the scenes that you know it, it takes it takes years after the fact to be able to discover and and search out and and learn about so it's been a whole big mess well and as you're saying our attention span is so short that once we discover the truth we don't care anymore well right. I, and it, i hate to even say this but there there's there's kind of a, a it's something that I struggle with sometimes is, you know, you can discover these, these networks, you can find these people, you can find these articles, you know, where they're talking about creating and generating and propagating, uh, you know, propaganda to galvanize Western support for uh, Ukraine. And, and, you know, everyone might see it in your little sphere and it might ripple out, but like at the end, like what's actually going to happen by doing that. And, and the answer is, probably nothing and that can get very that can it, sometimes it's easier to just you know be in your little bubble and, and just tune out for a bit i honestly i took a break for most of february i took a little bit of a hiatus just because i needed it and i didn't pay attention to any of anything for about two weeks solid i was like going outside and and uh like visiting family going on walks and not paying attention because i just i needed it i had so much like information and, and news fatigue and COVID fatigue. I just had to like d disengage from it for a while. And to anybody who does struggle with that, by the way, there's absolutely nothing wrong with tuning it out for a bit. You have to like, think about yourself first. It will all still be here when you get back. And it's, it's none of it's going anywhere. And even the most breaking news events that seem like they're all earth shattering that they, they everything's earth shattering. So nothing is honestly like take care of yourself first, take a break, step back, come back to it when you're ready. It's okay. I did the same thing. And if anybody thinks that that's not okay, we can talk after the show. Cause it, you have to <laughs> protect your own. I mean, no, that's, yeah. That's great advice. I can't, I generally, I generally disconnect at least every weekend, just completely. Mm -hmm. Like I just don't pay attention cause I need at least a couple days just to yeah, Sunday is my get big myself to kind of care. Right, <laughs> at any of this stuff. Um, 
And like, you're right. It is. It's con. It's constant crisis. Right. It's constant crisis. But and maybe the emoji will change if you don't. If you don't pay attention for a couple of weeks, it won't be a a syringe. It will be a Ukrainian flag. But other than that, everything's kind of the same. It, right. It's 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 <laughs> it's. And before that, it was it like it, it's it's always something. It's the newest thing to rally people behind. And then of course, as everything is popping off the Russian Ukraine. Uh, we see the kind of it seems like the COVID uh, narrative and hysteria is coming to a close, but everyone's distracted. So they're not really realizing, uh, you know, that that's just uh, which, again, I'm not advocating for for masks, control, lockdowns, anything like that. But, you know, the CDC has lifted all of their guidance and saying that, you know, they're not they're no longer reporting case numbers the way that they were before. Uh and if you look at where the actual case numbers are at right now, they're no different than where they were before the big, you know, Omicron surge. Uh, but it's just they need to they need to pull something shiny out over here so that everyone forgets about that. And I, it, it's it's frustrating that we are largely by and large going to uh, move on from it, and people are just going to forget that it all ever happened. I it, it's I know that seems insane to say, but it's true. Yeah. We're off to the next new shiny thing. Yeah, I mean, and Three we're years down the drain. I know, right? Isn't that insane? No, and no accountability, talk. nothing. They're just, it'll just, I mean, it was like, you know, the first time that I was most frustrated with that in my adult life was actually recently, and it was the Snowden drop. It was like Snowden oh. dropped all this info. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, this is a game changer. People will finally see. Cause I actually, I used to work in, um, Oh, what can I say? Uh, Keith Keith can correct me if I'm allowed to. I, I for our client was the Maryland Procurement Office of the Department of Defense, or it, basically three letter agency. We did work for the three letter agencies. Oh a no! Contract. And so, and Keith knows this because Keith worked on some stuff like this. And and Snow the Stone Drop came out, and and I'm sure Keith had the same reaction that I did. We were like, oh, good. Like people, people are going to figure out what the hell's been going on behind the scenes here. Like this, people need to know this is horrible. It will change everything. People will respond. They'll rise up. They'll be so angry. And instead people shrugged and like, that was the end. They shrugged and went back to television. That was it. And Snowden, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be really, like, right. I'm going to be really ahead. disappointed. I actually have no idea what you're talking about. Which I'm oh, really? disappointed in myself that I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, wait. Um, <sighs> just gonna go ahead and admit that one right out the, right out of the gate. I assume it was. I thought I had the book with me here, but I must be in the other room. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. you know who? Do you know who Edward Snowden is? Well, or, or do you need that? Do I need? I've, I've heard of him a couple times. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, he uh, he revealed. I mean, I think what he did was heroic. Mm -hmm. He was. He was. Uh, worked for the NSA basically uh, mm -hmm. and revealed that they were violating all of these, oh, they, the U S constitution and a bunch of rules with, re with respect to spying on or ordinary citizens in the U S right, right, like, right. Yes. Massive stuff, but no one like there was a pro you know, and he had to escape to Russia because he's considered a, tr a traitor. Even Trump wouldn't pardon him. So, so did something new happen with Snowden or are you just referring no, to the no, no, it's I like mean, the, the original thing. Okay, so I, thought, I am familiar oh, with that. Okay, okay. Well, okay. Like, I'm not a total idiot, y'all. I thought, no, I how thought, young okay. is she? No, no, no. I, I thought something had like happened within the last few months. You were a baby months, and but... you didn't know. No, 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 no. no. I'm, 
No, I'm about to be 32. Uh, okay. Although I was absolutely like politically and and like just honestly, generally just oblivious and ignorant for most of my life. Uh, and just was like a, a just regurgitated things that I saw on like John Oliver. So like th- there's a big learning, but no, I, I thought something had happened within okay. the last couple of months that I was not aware oh, no, of. No, 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 I know no. About I'm, I'm meaning in my I, life. The first time that I had this reaction was like Snowden oh, okay. dropped all the stuff. Right. And then, and I thought the world would change. I thought the U S this would be the wake up call. People in the U.S. would see your government is out of control. Can you see how out of control they are? This is the time to rise up, to defund the IRS, to like just like stop paying your taxes, march on Washington, cut them off, get rid of these scoundrels. Like that was the time I thought people will be so upset by this. And it was like for Mm -hmm. a couple weeks, it was news. Everyone shrugged. No one gives a shit. The guy's in Russia and we've moved on. We've approved like the next version of the Patriot Act. And now we have Google and Facebook helping out a lot more than they did back when Snowden revealed this. It's like, it's just got surveillance state's gotten worse. Um, So I guess yeah. that's just a black pill, everyone. People suck and they're just going to shrug at whatever this is and move on. And They've ushered in a whole new level of digital surveillance uh, with, via COVID with digital ID certificates. Like they can, again, just because things are, are, the government's giving you back your right to eat in a damn restaurant uh, without, right. you know, being vaccinated. You're get you're getting your rights back. It does not mean that they will not and 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 will not in the future uh, try to turn that switch back on at the drop of a hat for any given reason. And because people have gone along with it, you know, to save grandma, and because they've just gobbled up and regurgitated the the propaganda, like the, the there's so much damage that truly and honestly cannot and will not be undone. I mean, we, we are, I mean, 21 years out from nine 11 and, and uh, all of those things that were to protect everyone. Like none of those things have, have, have ended, you know, once nope. people get a, once people get a little taste of power and whatever uh, manner they get it, uh, it's hard to let go of. You see, you see it now too with COVID. I, I keep using COVID as an example, but it's something we're so familiar with. But you see now, as the guidance uh, from the CDC, which has been, you know, the 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 altar at which at which the uh, follow the science people have worshipped for so long, that you know the CDC says, you know, do, you don't need to wear a mask anymore. Uh, they, they you don't need to quarantine for ten fucking days over a mild flu for most people. And, and people are saying, no, 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 you need to keep wearing a mask because they've Average people were allowed to be little tyrants in their little workspaces, in their uh, in their friend circles, in their families, where they're like, "You can't come near me if you don't have a mask. If you don't have a visual representation of your adherence to this narrative, then you can't be near me." And and they're people are terrified to lose that, you know, because how are they going to signal to everyone that they're they're the best? And and it's it's fascinating to watch. Uh, it's like people are so close to getting it. That it's all been just one of the longest running psychologically, like psychological campaigns that's happened in in recent memory that I, you know, that I'm aware of. That, yep. but, but they're they're just so they 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 don't want to stop being their the the mask Karen. You know, they're proud of it, and yeah. it's it's sad. It's very sad. I think it's, it's so similar sad. to the psychology of the people who read. Or who see the the you know 
goes to Kiev or whatever, like they see they see that and they're like, well, it might be propaganda, but it's still good. It's good. Right? It's like, well, masks might not be useful in any way, but it's still important to wear them because it's it's a way to push the right narrative on the dummies, right? right. Like that. The, the people, the, the enemy needs to be told to wear the mask, even if the mask isn't useful. Right? How, like, how are you supposed to, you know, how are you supposed to divide society into us versus them if there's not a physical representation of that? <laughs> yeah, you know, Actually, for everyone that's a great point. It's the armband. Oh, it, yeah. it, I mean, it is. And, and the thing is, and I, I have a Venn diagram that I like doodled on my show once, but really, if you think about it, and this is kind of uh, with Russia and Ukraine, um, <laughs> Bond villains. Like, we, can, oh. we can read that. We can we can read that one. Silverlock says it's funny. The older I get, the more I agree with several Bond villains than I did when I was young. Those big plans of starting over. Oh, careful! You're going to be uh, you know signing up to be a part of the Georgia Guidestones Club here before too long, Silverlock. That's exactly how they want <laughs> you to think. That's how they want you to think. I'm not even kidding. That's that's that sort of um, willingness to to burn it all down, so to speak. Is it's. I mean, you know, you're entitled to your opinions and feelings, and I certainly get those feelings sometimes. But that's the the kind of demoralization and and uh, and and conditioning to to let go of your attachment to things is is it's kind of all part of the plan. And in my opinion, it's necessary for the next. step. No, I agree. This is what Yuri Bezmenov talked about in the '80s, right? Uh, this is part of demoralization. It's getting you, like you're saying, getting you to let go, getting you to. Um, Except the disruption to your life for the mm -hmm. the new agenda. Mm -hmm. I, I derailed you, though. You were talking about something else. I don't know. Oh, Sorry. boy. What was it? I don't even remember. Hang on. Where I were don't we? Know where we were going. I totally, I, you know what? I suck. I forgot. No, I, I will <laughs> talk. I, I am Southern and I will talk about anything. And, and uh, I'm, I'm the kind of person that, uh, you know, as I'm leaving a, a function or a, a gathering, you know, it, we'll say goodbye and continue like five different conversations on the way to the car for like an hour. You know, it's just, I will talk about anything and everything. So. Uh, well, I mean, the bond villains are real, right? The bond villains are right. like, the, I think the only thing that the bond villains, they're caricatures in that. Well, actually, let me run this by you. We both, I think view Klaus Schwab as a great example of a bond villain. I would imagine, right. He needs the white cat, but he's pretty, he's pretty good. He's pretty bond villainy. Yeah. He could right? very, very much just needs a, the cat to stroke. What was the, like on the Inspector Gadget, the Wolf, guy? Wolfeld. Oh, Inspector Gadget. Did he have a cat? I don't know. No, it was like the, the, the okay. I'm, like, I watched the Inspector bad guy and Inspector Gadget. Yeah, yeah okay. he had like a, he had like a cat that he'd always be like stroking as like a mean cat. He needs one of those, but, yeah. it, but, or, or they need to be writing or being quoted in op-eds on military.com about how we need to propagate and push more propaganda. I mean, the, the, Bonville, the Bond villains are everywhere. <laughs> well, that's kind of my point, right? In in the Bond movie, it's a caricature where it's like one guy oh, and he's got an oh, army. You're right. Sorry. Oh, Doctor. Okay, yeah. yeah. One guy and there's an army or there's Spectre. Someone said Spectre, right? Um, what is it? It's just like society. I forget. Oh, man, I forgot what Spectre means. Anyway, it's it's top down. Mm -hmm. And I think and I think a lot of times we are looking for top down answers to this because we we have this idea that Schwab mm -hmm. is sitting in a wheelchair with a white cat petting it and like mm -hmm. dishing out orders. But it's really not top down in that sense. Mm -hmm. It may be, maybe a lot of elites are involved, mm -hmm. but it's really more organic. It's, it's an emergent property of the culture they've created of elites um, where 
They, they kind of all buy into the same narratives. They all have similar agendas. They all have kind of a similar outlook on mankind. They call themselves elites, as we saw at uh, the World Economic Forum video a couple weeks ago. Um, and they view what? themselves as distinct. Oh, there was a, I think to was it, it was. To what are you referring? Oh, there was a, there was a speaker. There was a woman at. Was it at, was it at the um, Davos 2022? I think it was at Davos. Did you see that? Where she was I, like. I watched, I watched everything there. She she made some comment about the I I'm again I'm paraphrasing I don't think she used the word she didn't use the word riffraff or proletariat but she was basically like the riffraff right. and proletariat don't like us and she used the word elites they don't like the elites they don't trust the elites we have to do a better job and it was like wow you're very self aware that you're one of the elites right that that's how they think and once right. you get into that mindset and you view yourself as part of a class whose job it is to mm -hmm. organize the the stupid rest of the world's populations because they don't know how to take masses. care of themselves. Yes. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. Once you do that, a lot of these ideas they just kind of they're emergent properties of your of the organizations that you're in control of, and so they happen to over overlap and work together to create these these massive horrible things without there being one guy at the top saying you go do this, you go do this, you go do this. Right? It's, right. It doesn't. It's not a. It doesn't require a military structure of obedience to get this done. These are these are people who have had a, a, a similar and and constant agenda before these institutions were even formed. Again, Council on Foreign Relations, for example, formed in 1921. Before that, it it was part of the Rockefeller family. The Council on Foreign Relations began with a program uh, that was, I believe, it was David Rockefeller, uh, and. Mm -hmm. They keep getting rebranded again. You, uh, you know, there's the whole agenda 21, agenda 2030, uh, uh, movement with the UN. Before that, it was the, uh, you know, uh, was it the global summit on sustainable development back in uh, the mid 90s yeah. in Rio de Janeiro? And before that, it was the Cairo summit back in the 80s. And before that, they just keep getting rebranded. These people have nothing but time, and it doesn't necessarily matter if things get done in one big chunk if they just kind of they they will just chip away bit by bit and it's 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 just an ongoing incredibly slow motion train wreck that you were you know you're aware of you identify bits and pieces certain actors certain voices certain influencers but it's a whole big web and actually uh one of the things that that you were mentioning there, I have on, um, I use a website called Graph Commons uh, to organize thoughts uh, visually because there is so much overlap. And uh, I don't know, if, can I share a screen? Yeah, I think can so. I, if you can't send comes, the link, well, I think you can. Here comes my cat. Uh, so I have a, a share screen. Okay. Oh, Try it. And she's rubbing her face on the microphone. Hi, everybody. This is little cat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, share screen. Select window or screen. Okay. Uh, Sounds okay, good. This one right here. Allow. Okay. So this is uh this is a website that I use. I think you should see it now. Now this is it. This is like my digital crazy person wall, essentially. Wow. Uh, you know, rather than having a, you know, this doesn't a, make you look more sane, Elle. No, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a visual organizer. You know, I like to see things plotted out. But this is essentially my my corkboard with the you know the pins and the strings and the you know. 
Yeah, what? the red, the red, the red uh, yarn between but pins. If, yeah. But for anybody who thinks like this and who likes to organize things digitally, uh, I cannot recommend Graph Commons enough. It's just graphcommons.com. It's just it's it's free. But you know, I've got Peter Dashik over here, New American Foundation over here, Council on Foreign Relations over here, and you can highlight over things and see the de degrees of connectivity uh, on each one of these. Uh, you know nodes i actually have like a lot of I, a lot of this is just copied and pasted from different sites and whatnot it's not like i wrote all of these long paragraphs out but it's a really good way to organize yourself uh digitally if you like to do your own research and plot things out over time and you can just kind of plug things in as you as you learn about them but um i love this i've got a bunch of unorganized folders with research papers and mm -hmm. names of people and stuff and all right this is great. and and i uh I cannot express to you enough how little the people at Graph Commons care about what you're putting on there. Because one time my graph, like half of it uh, corrupted and I was like, oh God, I mean, it was like days worth of work and, and I wanted to just cry. And so I was like, well, I got to shoot for, bro I got to go for broke anyways at this point. So I just sent an email and I was like, hey, uh, my graph, uh, I think there's probably, you know, hopefully like some sort of archive or saved a state that can help me at least uh, recoup at least a, a good chunk of the work that I lost. And they're like, Oh yeah, sure. Here it is. And I was like, had they, had they oh. given any sort of, you know, damn about the fact that I'm, you know, plotting all this about that, you know, they probably would have just pulled the plug on it. But they're like, Oh yeah, here you go. So I, again, I don't, uh, it's great. So if anybody likes to plot things out, graphcommons.com, go, go check it out. But uh, that's, uh, what we were talking about there, just about how there's so much overlap between these things. They're all they're all working towards a certain goal. There's people that are involved in, for example, Council on Foreign Relations, and uh, you know, part of the Open Society Foundation, and part of the New America Foundation. And so, to be able to actually like plot that out and see the degrees of connectivity, rather than just, oh, wasn't he a part of that thing? That's kind of why I use that. So um, that makes sense. That makes sense because it is it is diffuse and very complex, and I think the complexity is, I mean, just looking at that graph, right? Well, the, my first reaction was this doesn't make you look sane, right? It, like it makes you look like a conspiracy theorist, but I think that's that's part of that's part of the problem is that it is actually quite complex. So no one is allowed to talk about it. Mm -hmm. It's hard to talk about it without people going, I don't know. You're nuts. This is very, right, right. Um, I've been called worse. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I, I mean, the conspiracy theorists have, are becoming now the new Nostradamuses of I mean, it's like, oh, you, you've been right about everything. So, well, I mean, lately, conspiracy theorists are doing quite well. I mean, so, you know, what? one moment, please. Like, I mean, if you really think about, like, the definition of uh, conspiracy is, uh, you know, an, a plan formulated in secret by two or more persons, a plot, a combination of persons for such an unlawful, harmful, or evil purpose, an agreement by two or more persons to commit a crime, fraud, or other wrongful act. So a conspiracy theory is, is, is just, you know, putting two and two together, seeing where things align, seeing, uh, you know, one of the things that you'll, you'll notice about the left that I think that the right and I, I thinking about reducing yourself to the binary of left and right wing is honestly is it's a it's a trap that i fall into all the time because again there's so much bipartisan bipartisan overlap such as you know calling for the assassination of vladimir putin you know because because it gets a good sound bite on fox news <laughs> uh right. there's so much overlap but but really and truly 
Oh, God, I, oh boy. I just lost where I was going to go with that. And it was going to be good. Hang on one second. Let me find it. Ooh, where was I going with that Carter? You're, I don't know, but you were, you're going to defend Alex Jones is where you were going to go. Well, somehow. <laughs> I mean, always, uh, Alex Jones is love him or hate him. You, the man has, has been, has always bounced back stronger than ever before, but oh man, I was going somewhere with you're that. talking about conspiracy theories, and, but I don't know. Oh, putting two and two together. Uh, it's a way to dissuade people that that whole oh you're just a conspiracy it's a you know it, it was really oh, right. it, it, it truly is a, a three letter agency op that w was uh, formulated to uh, to discredit and to smear people who uh, started putting two and two together it legitimately right. is like a three letter agency op and most it's pretty common knowledge at this point but even just using the uh, the phrase conspiracy theorist uh, in in a legitimate way to smear someone means that you are the victim of you know three-letter agency programming and it's sad right. you know right. i refer to myself as one kind of tongue-in-cheek but conspiracy theorist is not that is not a bad word it's not but you know well if you think about it to just step back for a second and think about it what it, what it means cognitively mm. they're 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 vilifying you for being curious and looking for connections between things which is like that's a mm -hmm. that's a they're they're shutting down your cognition and mocking mm -hmm. you for saying, hey, I wonder if A and B are connected to C in some way. Like, you should be allowed to ask those questions. Now, I think there's a difference between that and saying, I'm sure the aliens visited us in 1957 and blah, 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 blah. Like, you you need some hard evidence to start making, you know, fact, like truth claims about stuff. But to ask questions and to say, like, this looks like it's connected to this and this might be this and it looks like these guys are doing this. That's just curiosity. That's your that's your brain. You know, doing e what even it's supposed to do. Even your even your kind of offhand example there. I'll be honest. Uh, anytime I find myself being immediately dismissive of something that I'm hearing, I I try to be aware of it, uh, and I try to ask myself why that need to immediately knee jerk like reaction reject it. Where does that come from? And is it because it's you know a legitimate reaction to something or is it because it's something that's been kind of ingrained in you for so long uh for example uh people who are anti uh vaccine i'm going to be very careful here people who are anti-vaccine um for so long in my life anytime i would read the phrase anti-vaxxer i was like those people must be stupid how could someone possibly you know how could someone possibly right, reject that know. notion? And and now I realize that actually that was just something that had been ingrained in me for so long that I wouldn't even hear people out, you know, and yeah. I'll hear anybody out uh, on their, on their thoughts or their, their beliefs. Obviously, again, I would like to see some sort of, uh, maybe not even legitimate, but, but, but plausible, you know, connections for me to, you know, hop on board with someone. But anytime you find yourself just immediately going, Oh, you're an idiot. You're crazy. Ask yourself why that thought is put there and, and try to work against it. And sometimes it can be hard to catch because again, there are things that have been so deeply ingrained in you that it's, it's, it, you, it's almost, it's, it, it's, you're not even aware that it was put there in the first place. And uh, like you see it now. In I the think media, that's great advice. You, you see yeah. it now in the media, like, um, I, I hate to use this as, as an example, 
but there's a show on Netflix called You that everyone was super caught up in. I watched the first season of it. I'll admit it. The like one of the like lead characters from Gossip Girls in it, and he's like a like a serial killer kind of guy that's like kind of attractive and you know go you know uh, <laughs> what is it you know mishaps ensue wherever wherever he goes but in the second season uh that i guess was uh shot and produced during uh you know the advent of covid uh during i think it's the second season uh the main uh character of the show uh kills an anti-vaxxer uh, in the show and everyone who watched that like was like cheering for it you know what i mean and it's like that kind of uh callousness mm -hmm. and and uh the desensitization and dehumanization of people that you disagree with is it's honestly terrifying and you see it all over the place. And again, I like, I myself uh, am not like, I don't even, honestly, I don't even want to like disqualify or qualify any of my statements by saying that I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I am anti-COVID vaxxer. But like anytime you enter into that arena and start legitimizing the things that you talk about or like believe in, like you've already, you've already lost like, but you know, I, but, but I turn I I have changed my tune about you know about informed consent and and you know just accepting the fact that maybe your doctor is is being paid off uh, by drug companies you know pharmaceutical sales reps are like a it's a thing uh, one of my friends from uh, Europe was here visiting uh, at the beginning of this year I hadn't seen her in years and so she came to visit and she was like I I cannot believe how many commercials you see. Uh, because we were watching something on Hulu and, and there, you know, there's in between uh, segments of the show we were watching there, there are just pharmaceutical ads. And she was like, I cannot believe that you have like, you know, it'll be, it'll be some like beachy scene, you know, people going on a jog and it'll be like, ask your doctor about, you know, blah, 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 blah. She's like, I cannot right. believe that you'll have this here. Uh, you know, and as they're like smiling and eating salads at, on a park bench, you know, the list of, you know, this drug may cost blah, 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 blah. Right. And uh, like th these things that have become so like, I don't know, normalized, like ask your doctor about like a fucking pill. Like, shouldn't your doctor <laughs> like prescribe for you or, or, or diagnose what you need you or don't what you need. Yeah. and, and <laughs> yeah. it, it just the things that have become normalized in this world it's just I don't know and again like There's until a, you until you become aware of how abnormal and how weird it actually is you just accept it like far like drug yeah. drug commercials are like fundamentally like it's weird insane. yeah yeah no I I look I'm <laughs> So first of all, I think what you, what you said is awesome. I think for doctors, a lot of times, uh, even if they're not like paid off, you don't always have to think people are involved in some sort of like corruption. A lot of doctors, I think, just don't do research. They don't know. It's like, this. well, their colleagues, I'll say it's the right thing. They kind of think that the hospital has said it's the right thing. So they, they're not thinking that the hospital is incentivized. They're just like doing the thing without thinking about it, just like sure. a lot of people are. Um, but I, I really love what I, I love that you called me on the alien thing, called me out on the alien thing because sorry, I, I, I no, mean, no, I, I sincerely like it because uh, I, I completely agree that the a lot of times the reaction is very it's an emotional reaction and it's dismissive mm -hmm. um, and it's not based in reason. I to defend my alien thing. This is TMI for people, but I was really, really into the X-Files and I did look at a lot of alien stuff and I eventually concluded that there wasn't enough evidence to argue that there were aliens had landed. So I'm not going off of no information, but, and I really wanted to believe, uh, as Mulder said, but, um, well, but yeah, no, I think it, uh, it's still, even now it's still like a dismissive reaction. 
that's more emotional than than rational rather than saying well why do you believe there's aliens mm. um and it, it also comes with so uh as, as a as a as, as a steadily ongoing you know reformed kind of smug like lib type you know, again not to like you'd be like uh, like in the d- binary of left and right but like i used to be like you know the person who would type some like snarky nonsense on facebook and then uh, literally i was sharing this on my show the other day some you know kind of sort of redacted old facebook post of mine where i'd be like you know don't you know if you want to move to canada after obama got elected like don't you know they have universal health care educate yourselves like i wrote that kind of shit uh because i would hear people like john oliver and 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 those types you know say that kind of things and it gave me this like smug sense of superiority but i didn't know what the hell I was talking about. And so a lot of those times when you, if you're, if you're having that sort of, uh, you know, dismissive reaction of something, it's because it's not because of them. It's because you get a feeling out of it. You get a reaction out of it where you are like, I'm better than them because I don't believe that shit. And yep. like, like, what do you gain from getting like a big like, sense of smugness about something? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, and again, I, I'm not, I, I have to, I actively, almost daily identify some sort of uh, subject or topic or person or, or whatnot where I realized that maybe I was actually the dumbass all along. You know, the call was coming from inside the house the whole time and it was me, but it's just, yeah. it's just you know, a lot of it because you look at how easily the masses can, you know, the, you know, as, as, Dr. Uh, Robert Malone, you know, made popular the mass formulation psychosis. I was calling it the crucible. Uh, I was saying we're, we're, you know, living out the crucible of, you know, everyone's, I was calling it before Robert Malone. All right. But, but people are so, so willing to just ignore the, the, the basic scientific process has been thrown out the window just to feel smug and superior. And it's about them. It's not about the actual, uh, topic therein. It's about them feeling superior. And we've rewarded that sort of uh, feeling in people for so long that it, I don't know. I, I have to actively work against it every single day. So that's all. I mean, well, I don't know about gotten, aliens. Uh, we've gotten so way off track. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, I think we, we got, uh, we definitely have gotten really good at emotional manipulation. Mm-hmm. um of the population and um and we've largely turned our rational faculties away from starting with reality and and overriding your emotions to justifying your emotional state mm-hmm. um which is the opposite of what they're good for um i mean you can do it that way but uh yeah. it doesn't help and so i you know I this kind of thing black pills me when I think about it um, because it's like well there's I think zom I mean we've talked about this uh, on 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 safe space at some point in the past two years but I think that the metaphor of zombies um, I I think was probably invented by people who felt like we feel right now in a in society where there's just. there's a mass of people who aren't thinking and they they're 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 going after thought. They don't like thought. Thought is bad, right? This Mm-mm. is the brain eating metaphor, right? right. And Brains. one individual is very easy to defeat, but if it's an entire zombie army, 
death is kind of inevitable, right? Like they, it's very difficult to stop a whole zombie army and it feels very intimidating and scary. And they come at you slowly sometimes. Um, but ultimately there, there are a big threat. One zombie maybe isn't a huge threat, but, uh, your entire town of zombies is a big, big threat. Yeah. Or say, say that again. Uh, just a whole horde of zombies. I mean, yeah, you're, you're not wrong, but it is easy. Again, that's, that's part of the process of demoralization, though. It's easy to get lost in the sauce. It's easy to feel like everything is, uh, you know. And the, and the whole reason I'm about to say what I'm about to say is because, you know, I myself was not not too very long ago, uh, like an absolute uh, I, I was one of those filter feeder kind of zombies. Like I just would see what I saw on SNL, like, and I would just say it and, th and think that that counted as being well-informed. Right. And mm -hmm. I snapped out of it and it's been an ongoing process. It's certainly, even when I thought I had made big progress, you know, it, 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 it's been an ongoing process and I have to, and I keep identifying different ways in which like, I didn't even realize that I was, you know, continuing to be like an idiot, but if I can snap out of that, I think that anybody can. And again, one of the things that, you know, I try to, you know, hold myself to a standard of it is again, trying to uh, show people the process by which I go down rabbit holes or like what piques my curiosity. And, and again, at the top of like my gab page, which is gab.com forward slash some bitch. I know, by the way, I have a whole list of different, um, you know, research tools that I, that I use to, um, to, to kind of dig into things because I think that people are naturally curious and I think that people are naturally pulled towards things that, that interest them, but have kind of been again in, in sort of like a, like we've all just kind of been in like a little stasis for a while where people have forgotten how to exercise those muscles. But I really think that while I'm not, I'm not in the business of trying to, you know, save everyone and, and convince everyone that there's something bigger at work going on. There's so many people who are just, you know, one, uh, one kind of, as, as, as the kids say, you know, red pill moment away from, mm -hmm. from, from, from having the, 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 the matrix break, uh, so to speak, that it, it's, it's really not as, as hopeless as it, as it feels. And just to, uh, again, I'm going to share something here, just, uh, uh, on a journey of proof here. Um, this was me in, <laughs> this is me in, in 2017, uh, on my Facebook. This is, this is just a, you know, how, how it started and how it's going. I, I tweeted, uh, uh, or I, I shared on Facebook in 2017. Uh, this was right after I think it was Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico. I said our game show host president is tweeting about pro sports players while Puerto Rico is in tatters. Priorities, right? I mean, this was literally me, <laughs> like not too long ago. This was 2017. This was, and, and it, it it's it gets worse before it gets better. But I have this saved because this actually ended up being uh, my little catalyst because later down the line. Uh, I managed to catch uh, the wind of the, you know, the knowledge that uh, a lot of the uh, Puerto Rican, you know, relief effort had been mismanaged, that they had found the warehouses and the runways full of supplies. Mm -hmm. And I remembered because it's embarrassing to say like that Facebook post got like 22 or 23 likes on it in total. And that to me was like, I was like, 
so driven by like the like ooh like you know the 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 feedback of having people like it that I remembered that like post like for a long time. You're proud which, of the post, which is honestly so sad. But I keep that and look at it every now and then to remind myself of 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 how lost in the sauce you can get and how you know fed by your own kind of ego you can get and and what you'll go along with or what you'll agree with just to just to get those you know damn likes and to get the you know court of public opinion behind you and uh but puerto rico ended up being kind of my red pill moment and so many people i swear so many people are so damn close and again you're not going to win over everybody and you're not going to win them over right now but i because i myself am living proof that even an idiot can snap out of it and, and 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 begin unlearning all of the idiocy that got her there. Uh, anybody can do it because again, like I cannot emphasize to you enough. I, I I've done a lot of like retroactive psychoanalyzing of myself because you know it's, we're all we're all self centered, we're all egocentric. But uh, you know, like I'm like, how did I get there? Because I I remember how I was, and I feel so disconnected from who that person was, and and I don't know. It, it terrifies me that that's how I was, and I was just like a, I I was a literal robot, and had that little hurricane red pill moment not happened for me and i guess it was like 2018 or so i mean because th that continued on for like another like year or so uh had that not happened i i genuinely i i wonder where i would be now and if i would be one of those just trust the science just wear a mask types because i can almost guarantee you that i would have been you know and that scares the shit out of me because i know that i'm capable of thinking about things in a bigger scale but i wasn't at all so exactly. you didn't have like an emotional moment that like this sounds like it was very intellectual like you had you, there was some cognitive dissonance or like and that was it well it wasn't very intellectual at the time i was just like oh shit what else do i not know about and okay. it kind of just went from there and it was very gradual over time i you know i then overcorrected and like went like super like like i wouldn't like say like super far but i went like like I, I like overcorrected and went like MAGA back the blue, like, you know, like I, I overcorrected for a while and it's, it, it's really within the last year or so that I've, I've spent a lot of time like trying to think about it in an intellectual way rather than just trying to, uh, you know, right my wrongs and, and, and ready the ship. Because even when, even when I first kind of started out and I'll just, I'll flat out admit it. Uh, I, I gained a platform virtually overnight of about 20,000 followers, which for just a, idiot in her house in Alabama like that was insane and yep. I became super I, I did become super driven by uh, you know the snarky Twitter like I, I, I was super caught up in it again I, I found myself like trying to like farm the you know internet points and I let it happen again I was on the right you track. You just found another drug, kind of. Right. Like you had a yeah. drug and you switched drugs. Yeah, and, and so I've just I've just tried to like this this kind of like chance to to have a actual impact. I mean, like the re the research and the work that I've done has shaped the national media cycle. It's ended up on like it's ended up on Tucker. It's been featured like it's been featured a lot of places. And like when I when I think about the fact that that's something that I've been able to accomplish which is something that's really hard to do. Like what kind of a 
asshole would I be if I squandered it just trying to become another like talking media figure? Like what, like what an idiot I would be to not at least try my best to do things in in a different and in meaningful way. And so uh, that's, I've kind of let go of my attachment to, you know, ever ending up on Fox. Uh, Not not like I ever wanted to end up on Fox, but like, I I don't want to become the next anybody. I just want to be me and do things my own way. And if that's going to involve, you know, breaking away from the entire, like, you know, media as it stands and just figuring it out on my own and, and uh, encouraging average people in their house in Alabama and elsewhere to, to do the same thing. Cause if like, if, if this idiot in her house can do it, like anybody can, we need, we need so many more people that are, that are, you know, willing to, to try to go for it. So I don't know. You do research live on your, on your streams. Like you do research. You're like, I'm curious about this. Let's just explore it together. So kind of, I, I generally speaking, um, I used to try to plan out because my streams, I, again, I stream three nights a week, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Uh, uh, it starts at 10, nine central. It's called the late night L stream. And I usually, I used to over plan my streams and would like not get to any of the, any of the content. So now I mostly will pick a couple of starting points, uh, you know, have some kind of like bullet points of, of points that I want to make or, or, or uh, segues that I would like to take the conversation in. But I do my own stunts, you know, here. And, and and typically, again, the whole point, the whole kind of rabbit hole I went down with the Council on Foreign Relations, the Atlantic Council, the Digital Forensics Research Lab, uh, and, and the two people that were mentioned in that military.com article, that, you know, that was one of those moments where I had absolutely no intention of going down that rabbit hole, but just by trying to give an example of the ghost of Kiev and it being fake and, and how people were kind of, you know, as it said, kind of the coping, like, it's okay. That it's fake. It's good for like, that was kind of how it started. So it's not necessarily that I start out a stream intending to just do research live. It just kind of ends up happening or someone sends me a link. I have a discord community. You know, I have a, a stream content section where someone's like, Hey, I want you to check this out. It's related to this. You know, we'll kind of look at it together. So it sounds a lot more impressive than it actually is. It's mostly me like just ranting to myself and to, you know, a few hundred others at any given time about what's on my mind and, and just going from there. But it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it usually leads to a lot, a lot of fun places uh, and being able to collaborate with people in real time. Cause you know, I don't have all the knowledge on anything, but together is kind of a, a hive mind. We can put together th- things pretty quickly and connect things that, you know, otherwise might've taken me weeks to put together or maybe never, you know, so it's pretty cool that yeah. way. That's pretty cool. I mean, I like that idea. It's it's um, it's fun. We've seen the power of yeah. We and we've seen the power of like even just uh, you know Reddit or 4chan or whatever to to get to figure stuff out. That 4chan, honestly, like you know, don't judge me, y'all, but like I'm lurking on 4chan a lot because <laughs> watching the the I mean, it's it certainly has lost some of its um you know luster you know over the last couple of years but but if something truly goes on that that is piquing people's uh curiosity 4chan is one of the first and most thorough and 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 well-documented places to to follow something as it's being picked apart uh you know you have to dig through a lot of bullshit to get there but i i I, like 
there's so many people out there that are so talented and so capable of of working together. My my ultimate dream uh, would to be to would be to facilitate something similar to a 4chan that's maybe a little bit more uh, curated for for real time information collaboration that would potentially have some sort of back end like double blind anonymous uh, crypto uh, payment system where if someone puts together a, a, a snappy bit of research and wants to share it, they would have the potential, you know, if people are like, wow, this is amazing, you know, have the potential to to, to tip anonymously and in, in, in an untraceable way uh, via crypto. Again, I don't, I, it's, some, it's one of those things that I would like to hopefully bring about at, at some point uh, to facilitate that kind of thing, uh, just because yeah. I think it would be cool. But 4chan, again, you have to dig through a lot of bullshit, but there's so many amazing people out there that just don't get their day in the sun. And I hope that someday... I'm able to help. I think that's a cool idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I really look. I Maybe like just call idea. it like hive mind or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's a, I think it's a great idea. Um, yeah. It, Cause there is a lot of, <sighs> there's a lot of digging through crap on 4chan. Like there might be some stuff there, but there's also just volumes and it's volumes. Of stuff in, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You definitely have to mine for information. Well, and you, you also, if you get offended by things, even things that you're like, I don't get offended easily. You're going to, there's, you're going to see stuff on 4chan where you're like, holy shit. You got to be able yeah. to just move past that and go below it to the person who's actually putting together information. It's hard to explain to people. Uh, yeah. Like, I wouldn't recommend it, but I also would. I, it's I great. Get that. Great, but awful. Let me do. Let me do a couple super chats because I think sure, at least sure. one of them is aimed at you. Um, Vicious Optimist gives us fifty bucks. Thank you, Vicious Optimist, and says I can imagine that it is a hard realization and admission. But thank you for sharing and giving your perspective slash epiphany. Did it have a big impact on your life? Was it? A, was it like? A, did you lose friends and whatever it was? Oh yeah. Um, and I, I I know that I'm not alone in this, but you know even as kind of the, just that one kind of crack in the reality started, started uh, expanding into other, you know, where I, I would just find myself rather than taking people at their word would, would uh, kind of a, t a little phrase that I sort of uh, coined on, on Twitter and, and beyond was, you know, cite your sources or GTFO, where rather than, you know, hearing someone talk about what was said or what was written, I would just go directly to the source and oftentimes would find out that actually, no, you're, you're wrong. That's not what happened. And so as I would then try to say, uh, I, one of the more immediate examples that comes to mind is uh, the, was it Nicholas Sandman situation in DC with the, yep. uh, you know, uh, at the time I was still kind of like, would probably have still considered myself like a leftist or Democrat type, uh, you know, at the time that like we didn't put things in such you know tight boxes as we do now where it's like, he's a leftist, he's a whatever, he's a Nazi. Uh, but like, I, that was kind of the general mindset that I, that I held. Uh, I, I was like, okay, this sounds awful. Uh, so I just went and watched the video. And so I shared with some friends um, and I remember this very vividly, a friend of mine who like, I always kind of would like, you know, snark back and forth with on, on Facebook about how idiots, you know, conservatives were. Uh, I was like, that's actually not what happened. Here's the actual video. And she's like, well, it's still, he was still being like, she, again, her, her it doesn't response, matter that the coast of Kiev is wrong. It's still useful. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, a, the, a, it was a very similar thing. And so our friendship on that day severed entirely. Uh, 
And wow. it, it like the kind of ripple effect there. I know I'm not alone in this. Most people have, have, you find yourself almost immediately in an ever expanding kind of feeling of isolation for a while, because until you find people who are like-minded and, and, and who you can kind of consider like a, a peer and a, you know, a, a, your own kind of safe space of, of, to, to be able to discuss things, you become very isolated. And that, again, that's, that's part of the demoralization and, and, and the process is you become so you miss it so much being part of the, the big group that, you almost are willing to compromise everything that you've kind of gleaned and learned just to, just to be a part of it again. But yeah, yeah. I, have friend, I have family members that I haven't spoken to in, in several years now, uh, friends that I have been through like significant life events with that. And, and it, for a long time, I tried to, you know, qualify my things so, you know i'm not like those i'm not a i'm not a racist right-wing nazi like i like i'm i'm still your friend but, i'm one of you still right it just yeah but people oftentimes don't want to hear it and so i've stopped qualifying honestly any of my statements or apologizing for anything you know i'm not sorry for anything that might make someone feel a certain way you know i i i certainly regret that they are not capable of uh, you know of, of seeing it all yet. And maybe they never will be, but I'm not sorry. And I've stopped being sorry. It's their choice and it's not, not mine to deal with. So, um, but yeah, no, I lost all it, it's, it was very isolating for a while. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I could not be more grateful to have, again, had, had the stroke of absolute blind luck to, to, in, in probably one of the most isolated periods of time where uh, I worked for a government contractor at the time we went to work from home. I live alone with a cat. And so I went from like, you know, doing day-to-day water cooler talk as you do to, to not speaking like a word out loud for like 48 hours at a time. And at that time <laughs> where I was like spiraling into a depression that I wasn't even aware of, it, then like I had that tweet go viral and then like this community has formed and I've never felt less alone now. And so... I don't know. It's been a whole process, but I don't, I don't, sorry, I'll stop talking about myself, but to anybody who no. might feel yeah. isolated or like, you know what I'm talking about and you're not alone. And there's so many of us out there just like you just, you know, you got to find your spot in the world, but don't compromise it just to feel part of, part of the group. Again, it's not worth it. Been there, done that. Don't do it. <laughs> Yeah, so. B- Budgie Burger. This isn't a super chat, but Budgie Burger in chat says, I don't have a friend in the world now. However, it's better to be alone than in stupid company. I'm your friend, Budgie Burger. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, you're here. You're in yeah. the community. It's it's good. Um, I, I understand it, though, because, uh, I mean, it is, uh, while I agree with that sentiment, it's very hard to have no real-life friend. Like, you can lose all your friends. Like, it's very hard to do that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly very not. hurtful that someone can like someone can know you. They can have known you for years, but because that one thing changed in their mind about you, every like all of the you know real life empirical data they have to to support the fact that you are in fact not you know all of the things that they now are convinced that you are. It's all di- it's all disregarded entirely, and that's that's so it's such an it's such a scary and such a sad thing to to witness and then to have someone believe about you. And it's, it's hard to know how to deal with it. 
you know, I'd go through like the like five stages of grief every single time. The the anger, the the insults, the the begging. Like, can we just talk about it? And I I've finally gotten to a place now where I just don't give a shit anymore. But it that was not the case for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it might be worse nowadays because I think I think what you're talking about is actually one of the symptoms of some cluster B psychological disorders, which are rampant right now where they it's this dichotomous thinking where like they a uh, switch flips and there's no nuance to you it's not like well i disagree with her on this is she's wrong but i've got 20 years of experience to know that she's good for these other things and we're just going to disagree it's like you become you switch from being good tribe to bad like enemy tribe and right. it's a complete what switch what was that phrase you used at the beginning i want to look that up something uh, psychological. dichotomous oh uh well there's cluster b personality traits cluster generally a. But dichotomous thinking is one of the symptoms of, um, I think it's borderline personality disorder, right. actually. And if you listen to, like, Josh Slocum has a really good podcast called Disaffected, where mm -hmm. he talks about um, the prevalence of cluster B personality traits in modern culture. Um, and and I and I think that's one of them. And it's, it's, it's the same kind of thought process that leads to, oh, you have Ukraine flag emoji you good you don't have ukraine ukraine flag emoji you're bad right um it's it's that kind of um either or thinking and just classifying someone completely and it's not healthy mentally it's not a, it's not like a healthy person right yeah yeah it's not it's not a mentally healthy way to perceive no. and interact with people but it is common um more common than it, i think it used to be in the past at least we're noticing it more i mean i i um, i used to I, one of the things I, I, I'm so ashamed of this, but for, for, you know, cause I went to college and, and then I learned everything that I ever needed to know about the world. And I went to, I graduated from uh, Auburn university in Alabama and I went to school from like 2008 to like 2013. Uh, yeah. It took me five years to get an English degree, best financial decision of my life y'all No, But so like the fact that all of that kind of uh, progressed and happened in my life at an sec school as things were starting to get really bad on campuses, but not quite there yet, it is 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 pretty scary. But I would, I would ridicule my family that were that were conservative and be like, you know, well, I have a degree and you don't, uh, so I'm cl clearly I'm better than you, and I'm so ashamed of the way that I that I would be about that. But it, it is that that sense of superiority and that. Well, I have this and you don't. It's it's all a, it's such a it's such a disaster the way that that's I think in your defense, I think that's pushed by society. And the reason it's pushed is um universities are are leftist indoctrination camps. So credentialism is something that they want to have in society because if credentialism matters, like an English degree is more valuable than not having gone to college. That's what they want people to think like, Oh, you're smarter because you did this. And this other guy who just became an electrician out of high school and whatever, like he must be dumb. Um, and I think they want that because one of those people has gone through the indoctrination mill and the other one hasn't. You know, I, I spent, I spent five years of my life and $30,000 to get a English degree from a school that I've never used graduated with like a, like like a 3.08 GPA. And for the, the fact that that gave me a sense of superiority is like hilarious now, but I genuinely did feel like that made me like better qualified than like my like 40 and 50 year old relatives uh, to, to have opinions on things. They just, I don't know. It's sad. It's terrifying that that was the way that I was, but at least if I 
They used to figure it you're, out. You're reminding me of this. I'm just going to tell a story because I'm an old man. When I was much younger, I was I was previously married. Uh, I was I was married like when I was 20, like literally like, super young, and it only lasted like a year. But I was an engineer, mm-hmm. and I remember I went to my. Uh, I don't think we were married yet. I think she was my girlfriend, so maybe I was 19 at the time. Uh, we went we went to visit her parents in Indiana, and mm-hmm. her dad is one of these guys who I don't think he even completed high school. Like probably eighth grade. I don't know. Like total what what people would refer to as a hick or whatever mm-hmm. um and their house was gorgeous he built he he was like a construction worker their house was gorgeous it was really interesting architecturally it was really cool and i remember saying to them i, I remember saying to him oh this is really cool who designed your house who was the architect and he was chewing on something at the moment he i'd probably tobacco uh and he like sped and he was like ain't no architect and I was like, what do you mean there's not an architect? And he's like, I, I just built this house. It's me. And he just, yeah, he just, like, with his buddies, got some wood and shit or whatever and built the house. Um, and it, it was, that was one of those things that I was, I was young at the time and I was thinking, oh, engineers are smart. And, like, I, I had that kind of bias, I think, which was mm-hmm. like, oh, these people are uneducated. And I remember that was, like, this shocking moment of this guy's a genius. Like this guy's, he does like he had no plans. He just did it all in his head with a couple buddies and probably some beers and built a house. Um, it, it was, uh, it was really eye opening, and I think it changed my perspective on credentialism. That's awesome. You know, it, it's, it's weird how like even like a, a moment that, you know, to that guy, that was just him to say, I had any plans or whatever, like, he probably never thought about that moment again, but like to you, it's like one of those moments right. you go back on and you're like, that was the day that things changed. You know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he cool was point. probably like, remember that stupid kid who asked me about an architect or like, <laughs> that was it. If he even, if he will ever remember. Yeah. You uh, know, it's, it's uh, people are not encouraged to, to, to create anymore though. They're, they're encouraged to, to, to take the, the, I don't know, just like the, the, parts of the puzzle that are that are provided for them and again I'm, I'm not saying that i am any sort of a special person but i i have literally had to recalibrate my brain and and relearn how to be naturally curious about things and not just read things and go oh that's neat but to go who is yeah. that person why is this happening is there more to this and, and following that has been so it's been so rewarding and it's something that again i've like you we've tr- really have to recondition your brain mostly or at least i have I'm, i was an idiot so this is hard to oh, i think most people i mean and, and this that. is <laughs> yeah i mean i this i'll just circle back to the beginning i mean this is one of the reasons that i i compared you to journalists because when i when i see what you do i immediately always think of that scene and you ever seen the movie hoaxed by mike cernovich i believe so if you haven't, I highly recommend seeing it. It's probably not available on Amazon. Or I don't know where it is anymore. But um, there's a scene where he sits down with, uh, I think the reporter's name is Scott something, but I don't remember his last name. He's like a 60 Minutes kind of reporter. Cernovich sits down, and he's and he he intends to throw, or he Scott intends to throw Cernovich under the bus for say, reporting something about Hillary having a seizure or potential health issues. And Cernovich oh, says, oh, uh, coming out of the bus or whatever. Yeah. And Cernovich and, and the guy says, uh, 
Sinovich is like, what do you think it is? And the guy's like, well, what do you mean? We we know it was, I think, pneumonia or whatever. I forget what something. Like. We know what it was. It was pneumonia. And, and, and Cernovich says, well, how do you know that? And you can see this moment. The guy was like, well, I mean, the campaign told us. And like that moment, that was enough. That was, that moment is just precious because it's like, oh, you're the big mainstream news. You're trying to throw me under the bus for not doing research or for not for, for reporting fake news. And I ask you how you know that it was pneumonia and your answer is her campaign told me that's it. You did no more. We, you listened to what the marketing right. people said and parroted it. Right. Um, sure, and that, that was their investigation. Bro. Right. Yeah. Right. That's uh, it. It can be interesting when you realize that you actually. This is a, another thing that you know. I, I, it's not one size fits all or, or whatnot. But if you find yourself immediately jumping to your Twitter or Gab or Telegram feed to see what other people are saying about something for you to you know form your own opinion about something, if if you realize that something like new has hit the media cycle. Try a little exercise where you, you you read a little bit about it and you just ask like what what do I think about this what what are my opinions on this and then go see what other people think and see where you defer rather than letting people's comments or little you know mm. sound bites shape your opinion because it does it does constantly uh, and I think yeah. it surprises me oftentimes how much uh, my initial reaction actually like differs from people it's, it's just interesting I don't know. We need, we need to we need to think more actively, more active thinking. But that's yeah, I, 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 I actually uh, I actually know uh, which I probably, I don't know if I, should, I actually know the guy who um, that uh, uh, produced that movie. Uh, he's a friend of mine, so oh, uh, I think I have watched it. Yeah, I can introduce you if you'd like. Well, you should. Yeah, I would love to love to talk yeah. to him. I mean, it's an yeah. it's it's a movie that I think anyone who's slightly open to, and I think after the pandemic, a lot of people are realizing like wait a minute i can't trust the news i think anyone like that movie really helps open people's eyes to how distrustful um the the media is um but yeah uh wait i was gonna say um there was one other thing i was gonna say but i forget i forget what it was let me do a couple super chats then keith oh, yeah. guy says does susan ask allow us to talk about no such agency i don't i don't as long as we're saying nice things about it uh, also, Keith the Hack Guy says, Conspiracy Theory, October 2021. We're looking at a giant war in February right now. There's a trajectory we are on. There is a consensus. Alex Jones. He's been... I can't stand... I, I, I can't... Not that I can't stand. I, I can't believe how right he is sometimes. It's like... He's just... I don't know where he got that. I don't know where he got being... February. He was right, though. He, February he got, 2021. Goes to the source, man. Uh, oh, that's what I was going to say. Wait, this is an ex. I want to ask you about this. I didn't start doing this until this channel. I'm going to make, I'm going to make, I'm going to say my conclusion first. It is really, really hard to find primary source material for almost everything produced by the mainstream media. Like you go read an article and you're like, they'll say so-and-so said in the speech, find mm -hmm. the speech. It's not easy. So-and-so mm -hmm. said, blah, blah, blah. Like, Primary source material is really difficult to like in a in a way that really broke my brain because I was I figured it's the internet so if I'm CNN and I say so and so did blah 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 or there was a or some company said X Y Z or some numbers are what they are 
-hmm. would have expected that the link that I click on would be to the the source material, but it never is. It's always to another CNN article talking about this. article slightly related to it. It's circular reporting keeps people in that kind of you know sphere of inform of controlled information. Uh, primary yeah. sources are incredibly. Uh, difficult to discover sometimes and oftentimes by design again that was one of the things that like wouldn't you know they'd say well you know you know trump said this and i'm like well did he actually and going to actually finding the actual moment where i'd again i could i'm not the trump and i i'm not like just like super gung-ho trump all the time but like so many times his uh his his words were just so flagrantly uh you know misrepresented in the media and, and yep. uh it, it's shocking but they'll never it actually is. they'll never actually you know embed the clip of him saying whatever he said because they can't right. they can't right. um there's a really there's a good way to to find a lot of those things you can use, which I have on my website, sunbitchtoldme.com, uh, how to find uh, primary source material for things where there is likely a video of it. Uh, and it's one of the first few articles on there, but it, you can use archive.org for uh, to search TV news captions. Um, oh, pretty much from, from about 2009 on, every daily media outlet you know the, the big you know fox cnn msnbc you've got like uh, pretty much everything the entire episodes are put onto archive.org every single day quite rapidly after they originally air and you can search everything that's said in each segment of any show uh because the captions of course you have their ada compliant uh, and, and so you can search those and pretty much everything that's been on tv for the last about 12 13 years is fully searchable so if you can get a direct snippet or direct quote of something uh for example uh the example that i give in the article on my site is that that clip of liana Wynn uh originally where she's saying my main concern is that we're not going to reach herd immunity because of vaccine hesitancy and so just by searching that little phrase, I was able to find the direct source where it was originally said, the episode of Cuomo primetime. And that's a really good way to kind of circumvent all of the bullshit and just to go wow. directly to the primary source. But that, it's incredibly difficult to do. And there's very few ways where you can do it easily. And again, as I was saying before the show, like the tools and stuff, again, on my Gab site at the very top, I have a list of like pen tools that I use. And my, my thing is not that they're, they're pretty or they're, you know, super popular. It's that they actually, the form and function actually works for what you need it to do. And uh, a lazy person will find the quickest way to something. And I will be honest, I, I love digging into things, but I don't like all of like the tedium of the of the mechanisms and tools to get there. So I've found a lot of the like most like direct point A to point B methods of getting there. So check it out if you'd like to. But uh, that's a good way to find uh, primary sources. Is my very long winded way of saying that. No, that's awesome. Right. I mean, and yeah, I, I would. I'll, I'll, if I can emphasize that more, I will like go to her Gab page. It's a really it's a long list of really cool and diverse tools, like lots of different things reverse image searching and everything yeah well, and so another um, one too another one too is uh because a lot of times if you use even DuckDuckGo or uh you know whatever search engine of choice that you use it will still when you when you look things up it will pull up largely news articles about things so there's another uh another search engine that i use that is it's pdfyes.com uh so i know that sounds stupid but it's i mean 
it's pdfyes.com and it is a here i'll pull pull it up and show you uh you know it's not it's not super like but it's pdfyes.com and this is another one super easy uh where is there so it's a pdf search engine so everything that you look up on here will populate as a as a pdf so if you look up uh you know world economic forum uh davos 2022 uh anything that pulls up here will be populated as a an actual pdf largely from the actual sites themselves and so like the first the uh, first response is a official document from the world economic forum that just brings you right to it rather than some article telling you that the great reset is a uh it's a is a hoax or is, is a conspiracy theory so like that's that's another like super easy like cannot express to you enough how easy it is to use pdf yes to just cut through all the bullshit and go directly to a primary source like those are the kind of things that i use and it's it's it, like Again, work smarter, not harder. And if you get super obsessed with like what tools you're using, you're probably not using the right one. Like that one's just easy, and it, it cuts yeah. through so much bullshit. So, uh, like that—that's the kind of stuff that's listed in that list. So, pdfs.com. If you just use that for your searches, as opposed to even DuckDuckGo, which is compromised, by the way. The guy who started DuckDuckGo is a bad news bear, and it's a whole different conversation. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, man. Bad news bear. Uh, but. Is anyone he, good anymore? No. I mean, I don't know. You literally, they, he's, he's part of the World Wide Web Consortium. They are part, have uh, entered into an internet compact to that is uh, slowly agrees to kind of uh, chip away at and, and control what uh, information is uh, searchable and, 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 uh, and able to be so found. So that you don't get wrong think, basically? Is that the... It's not as insidious as say Google or or, or I, I don't even you know I don't even know the inner mechanisms of Bing because who the hell uses Bing? But it's it's not well, that as, can't possibly be good. It's <laughs> not mean, as insidious as, as say well. Uh, actually, I'm not even going to say it. Uh, I, I know it's common knowledge that Bing is largely used to search for pretty much one category of thing, and it's not information. I'll just tell you that. Uh, oh really? But, yeah, That's I'm what not it's even, used for. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I didn't. Know at, that. Least, at least it's kind of like a meme on the internet. But uh, okay. But but DuckDuckGo is not as insidious about it as say Google. But they are part of this uh, internet compact, which is put on and and this agreement that was created by the United Nations. And the whole thing is that you know every everyone ha- should it's it's a fundamental human right to have access to information, the free flow of information. But in order to do that, we need to protect people's, you know, the the delicate sensibilities of women on the internet. Because you know, as a woman on the internet, if I read someone who uh, like you know says, hey ugly, stop doing a show you know i can't read that kind of stuff so of course right. that means that the entire side of gab you know needs to be taken down or like th- that kind of uh you know dumbass reasoning uh but but yeah. uh, DuckDuckGo uh is part of that and and just because they <sighs> haven't made, just because they haven't taken actions on it yet does not mean that it's not part of the original uh uh, or not part of the eventual plan. They, I believe the CEO, if I'm saying it the wrong name, is the original, the, the CEO of DuckDuckGo, his name is, I believe, Gabriel Weinberg. And his original um, 
his original creation on the internet was a it was kind of analogous to classmates.com or like people finder where it was just a huge like data harvesting uh, mechanism in the i believe like mi early mid 2000s you know like those things where it'd be like find your classmates type your yeah, name and yeah. your address and yeah. like it was just a, like that's where he got started that's what he did for a super long time and his original uh goal with duckduckgo was not to it, like the 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 fact that DuckDuckGo right now for the most part does what it says it does and and you know is is a slightly is a significantly more like uncensored search engine that is just because he wanted to compete with Google at the time and in his oh so it's just a it's like a yes a pragmatic business decision yes. to market himself it was his, it was his way to di to diversify and to set himself apart from google that's his whole goal from the get-go was to to become mm -hmm. a competitor to google and in order to do so he had to offer a feature that people desired which again was privacy yada 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 but that again is something that he did to reach it's, it's a means to an end not necessarily because he super believes in you know privacy and and uh you know, the free flow of information, because again, he's part of this United Nations, like declaration of human rights on the internet. I mean, DuckDuckGo is on it. They're, they're you know, signatory. They're signatory. So it's just, it's just there, you know? Yeah. You know, even though I'm, I mean, I am a free market person, but I, the thing I like to remind other free market people about is that free markets don't give you the best result. They give you the most popular result. And if the culture is degenerate, then what bubbles up to the success is degeneracy. Um, and so if you've got a culture of people who love censorship and cancel culture and blah, 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 the free market mm -hmm. gives you tools that do all of that stuff. It's not a, it's the, the free market is, is philosophically agnostic. It just gives you, it's just gives you what's popular. And if mm -hmm. you've got a society full of people where shitty things are popular, you get shitty things. That's what you get. Like, so um, well, and it, so you also have so like this, the rabbit hole I was going down with with uh, uh, these CFR and Atlantic Council guys. They like their whole thing. They their like mission statement of the Digital Forensics Research Lab, for example, is to shape uh, market trends, to shape public opinion, to change uh, consumer uh, behaviors, and and that kind of thing is done uh, over time and in a you know, slow moving sort of way. And so, you know, that move towards, you know, ex the uh, desensitization and, and just general acceptance of, as you said, you know, degeneracy in a lot of ways, uh, that those kind of, it's not like it just, it didn't just happen overnight. You know, that, that it used to be that you couldn't say like, like the word shit on TV and, it would be like of what like like after like nine o'clock you'd get like an announcement that would be like you know the following programs or you know right. go to bed kids i mean i remember a time when like the, like tv ended at the end of the night and they play like the national anthem and those things just slowly you know go away it's just interesting like yeah. and and, and the, these think tanks these nonprofits, these organizations these people who shape these things silently behind the scenes are, are the are truly the mechanism behind it and, you know, Jersey Shore was a gateway drug that we just weren't, weren't aware of at the time, you know? What do you think about well, it? Well, I mean, look, I know we've been going almost two hours, but if you have time, should we talk about Emerson Brooking for just a moment? Should we talk about, like, a little bit of the what they're doing at the Digital Forensic Research Lab? Well, so, so we can. So, to God, I'm so sorry. I'm so ADD. Uh, 
so where where we left off at the very beginning of the or like beginning ish of the show someone in the chat just said this guest showed up to a party when the lights are on I don't know what that means, Fit American, but I'm going to choose to believe that that's a compliment. I think it's a compliment. I don't know what it Even is. Even if it's not, I'm an idiot, and I don't, I don't understand the difference. Maybe maybe they're referring to themselves, and they're coming late. Sometimes people okay. say things, and there's so much context that like I'll immediately think that they're being an ass, and then I'll realize like later, like, oh, they were being friendly, but just totally obtuse. So I, you can't you can't tell. Well, I mean, it, so, but, but so where we began with all of this is uh, the military.com article about, uh, again, the, 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 the cope of the ghost of Kiev myth and, and uh, talking, saying the fighter ace ghost of Kiev may be a myth, but it's lethal as war morale, right? And, yep. and the two quoted people in the story, which are uh, Peter Singer and then Emerson T. Brooking, uh, which I saw Atlantic Council and then something on Council on Foreign Relations and like on my show, I was like, I, I called it, I called it. Uh, so I started digging into it. And and if you just, if you start looking into who Emerson Brooking is and to the op-eds that he's written and and the, literally on January 7th, uh, you know, 2021 post the insurrection, you know, this man was like, uh, had the audacity to say that uh, the January 6th parade in the Capitol uh, was more impactful than the live execution of American prisoners by ISIS in 2014. Uh, like th these are the kind of the, the, these people are so unhinged and so insane and believe so so wholeheartedly uh, that the things that they're saying are are, are true or either they don't you know, they don't care. Uh, would, a lot of things like multiple things can be true at once. Um, right. But the digital forensics research, let me pull this up uh, really here, here real quick, like uh, uh, the, the digital forensics research lab is a, as a um, kind of a, a, a subgroup of the act of the Atlantic council, which is again, kind of runs parallel to and uh, analogous to the uh, Council on Foreign Relations. And then I saw that Brookings uh, was a research fellow at the Council on Foreign Relations. And then all the red flags, like I was just, you know, pulling them out left and right. But if you look into what the Digital Forensics Research Lab does uh, at the Atlantic Council, which I'm going to uh, pull this up really quick. So I'm not. Uh, I, I got it. This, like, this do, you, do you mean to walk through or you, you want to do it? Oh, you go ahead and I'll, I'll, I'll chime in. Well, here it is. Then the council's uh, digital forensic research lab has operationalized the study of disinformation by exposing falsehoods and fake news, documenting human rights abuses, and building digital resilience worldwide. I like to read these things as if they're projections. They so, are 100%. <laughs> yeah, it's just good to remember. All right. Is there a spot I should go in, in particular? Well, uh, it was just essentially highlighting uh, the involvement of this group uh, and the, the kind of the, the larger uh, org uh, organization and mechanisms at play that are at a constant uh, involved in shaping public opinion, such as, you know, for, for the most recent example, it's this Emerson Brooking and Peter Singer guys, you know, putting in their two cents about why propaganda is good and why the government should be creating and, and, and pushing out more and the way that they reduce, uh, 
you know, things down to, to something that's so, you know, when you start looking at things so closely that you don't, you're not even, you know, looking at the right thing anymore. It, again, the, 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 Emerson Brooking guy again had the audacity to say that an ISIS beheading of, of American, uh, you know, prisoners was, was less impactful than January 6th. And he wrote that on January 7th. You know what I mean? Like they, they waste absolutely right no time. And so, you know, that if that was being published on January 7th, like they had their whole, like the whole network was, was hard at work, uh, to, to then get those talking points out to the media. And, and this is just one of those, one of those places to keep your eye on to see kind of what the uh, where the uh, national conversation is going to continue going uh, and what who the architects are behind that's uh, shaping it. And again, just it used to be that that you had to really like fight and sue and things to, to find this information out. But again, we're just at the point now where they'll say propaganda good and this is why you should support it and people are like yeah propaganda good and this is just one of the, it's just one of those organizations behind it um yeah I, it's it's an ongoing dig so it's and again the, to pull up the graph comments that i showed you earlier it, it's why it kind of just continues to get plugged into my like web of connections because it's just i, I don't know where it's going to lead next but the, these are the same groups that uh influenced the uh there's a, a gr another group called the Althea group that uh, is full of uh, former CIA uh, operatives who are now, you know, the ones that are petitioning Twitter, Facebook, etc., to censor election misinformation. And it, it just, if you, when you're reading these articles or you're seeing an expert being quoted on any of these things, if you, if you have the time, just like, just do a, a secondary search to that and just see who they are because I promise you nine times out of 10, it's you're going to immediately be brought to like a whole new, uh, you know, section of the internet and, and of, of just that, that'll just blow your mind. You know, I don't, I don't know. But the, yeah, this is the propaganda machine. I mean, it's, it's it's one part of the whole you know cog in the machine. But I, the, like the DFR and the Atlantic Council CFR are all they're the ones that that give the marching orders right now, as far as you know, I can glean. I'm insane. I'm old enough to remember before the internet was like a thing. Like I think I programmed. I did the first web page for my the school of engineering when I went to college. Mm -hmm. um, like they didn't have a web page. I mean, the internet was around. Probably I don't remember when DARPA invented it and did anything, but you know, it wasn't really used. Good old DARPA. Um, yeah. But when, when the internet was at the, I think of it similar to when crypto is at the beginning stages, the, 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 a lot of the people behind it had these idealized ideas that, Oh, um, this is going to be the free exchange of information. There's not going to be gatekeepers anymore. We're going to be able to like regular people are going to be able to talk to each other and there'll be no, There'll be no one standing in the way. There'll be no gatekeepers of information. It's going to be open and connected and free. And, and you have to remember that the people in power, that's, that's the last thing they them. want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all of this stuff, all of this, I mean, there's, you know, we could talk about Operation Earnest Voice, which the CIA is, I think is just overt about like, mm -hmm. that, hey, they do disinformation and they have sock puppet accounts and that's what they do. Right. Um, you know, all of this stuff is the elite's reaction to us talking to each other without them being in between us. 
No, right? yeah, that's, that's, as you quoted that's from, what you know, it is. The Davos like 2022, where he's you know they don't trust us elites, uh, you know anymore. It's uh, right. if, he, if he would like a direct uh, example of of some sort like of a, an, an insidious uh, plan, like what what our government truly is capable of. Just uh, if anybody's not familiar with the uh, uh, potential false flag psyop operation Northwoods that was discovered, which was like a sixties era CIA uh, proposal to uh, stage a acts of terrorism against the United States to bolster support uh, for a war against uh, Cuba. It never came to fruition, but you know, one of the things that I see people saying right now uh, is how they, they like how united, you know, some of the media is and some politicians are like, everyone's like, I like how we're all coming together to support oh, Ukraine. And I'm like, yeah. that reeks to high hell, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or when people say, I, I miss how united the country was in like post nine 11. And I'm like, yes, I also did, you know, I was listening to the, you know, put a boot in your ass song and I, I was like, I wanted to nuke Afghanistan. You know what I mean? But those kind of like good feels and, and what, I mean, not always, I know, I'm sure I'm sounding like a crazy person right now, but that kind of, they want to sometimes that sort of like unif unification and bolstered support and feelings of like, oh, maybe we're all going to finally come together. Sometimes those things are by design. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sad to always question everything, but it's a good active, uh, it's a good active uh, process to undergo. You know, one thing I was thinking about when you were first talking about um, the council on foreign relations in their history was, you know, for for like, I think this is maybe hard for Americans to relate to because we tend to grow up thinking of ourselves as like equal in some way. And like, oh, anyone could be, you know, anyone could rise to the top or anyone could do whatever. Like we tend to view ourselves as very class mobile and kind of equal. Um, mm -hmm. But throughout almost all of human history, there was a class of elites who controlled mm -hmm. the unwashed masses. That's what mm -hmm. you did. And that class of elites met and they had organizations and they like they had overt meetings about what to do about the unwashed masses and how to control them and what's best mm -hmm. for them and blah 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 mm -hmm. and they never really stopped just mm -hmm. because the u.s was invented and they mm -hmm. they couldn't do things officially through the government mm -hmm. channels anymore mm -hmm. doesn't mean they stopped and like mm -hmm. they that's why you have things like council on foreign relations it's like well Mm -hmm. We're not a government agency, but we're the elite class that needs to tell you what to do. And the government knows that and we'll we'll control them. And it'll be good. Well, at, at the risk of sounding like a commie here, and this is one of the things where, again, I realized that I had been uh, I had been conditioned to be immediately dismissive of people who, you know, discussed uh, in an intellectual way, uh, you know, class mobility and the kind of ever-present uh, elite ruling class, how they're the same families for centuries now, uh, and they don't really change, and how many gatekeepers there are, and how big the barriers to entry are, how much nepotism there is, and how connected all of these people truly are. You're sold over and over again that you can become anything, do anything. You could be the next Bill Gates. You could be the next, uh, you know, Jeff Bezos. They they got started in their garage. You know, you could get started in your garage and build your own Amazon or, or 
Microsoft, but you know, uh, Jeff Bezos's grandfather was part of the uh, Atomic Energy uh, Agency out in Arizona. Worked for uh, the Pentagon and for uh, the DoD. Uh, his father, similar, uh, you know, Bill Gates' fa uh, father was one of the. Uh, original architects of, of Planned Parenthood was involved with the Rockefellers in the like early 1900s. And so that kind of uh, that kind of false narrative of just like the every man in his garage just deciding to create some sort of, you know, thing. And it just happened to become this multi-billion dollar entity that it is today, like it's, or trillion now. It's like a, a we've gotten to the point now where a billion dollars it's not a is thing it, anymore. It's not a lot to these people, which is fucking <laughs> right. insane. Pardon my French, but it's just insane. Or, yeah. or the 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 creation of remember the giving pledge that Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and all these oh, um, yeah, joined where they're like, We're gonna give away all of our wealth. No, they're not. That all it was was a way to get the unwashed masses to cheer for them, putting billions and billions of dollars into foundation trusts that are not again, these are the same people who are saying Bill Gates is like, I wish I paid more taxes. It's, it's simultaneously and i'm not advocating for people paying more taxes but this man's advocating for you and i to pay more taxes uh you know on our our, our you know fifty thousand hundred thousand dollars a year whatever uh while he has like 55 billion with a b dollars put into a foundations trust that's part of his giving pledge that he uses as an untaxed uh you know piggy bank to finance all of his insidious programs around the world he single-handedly bill gates I, I shit you not if you did not know this bill gates is one of the sole financiers and political influence behind the implementation of the common core system in the United States. He's the, like one of the sole financiers behind the equitable math programs, particularly in Virginia. Like these things have been going on forever. And they, it was a, I swear it was just an inside joke for them to get everyone to applaud this, like, Oh, they're so generous. They're going to donate their money. No, it was just a way for them to all move billions and billions of dollars into foundations trust to go on tax simultaneously they get on cnn and like i wish i paid more in taxes it's just a big fucking joke but anytime you discuss this sort of thing with specific like more conservative uh people they can be immediately dismissive of that sort of concept because you're taught your whole life that you can be anything anybody can be anything and I 100% would love a system that uh, thrived, you know, un like under like free market capitalism, but that is literally not the system that we live within. And no. so, you know, you make fun of, you know, leftists for saying, well, real communism has never been tried. Well, neither has real free market capitalism. Let's be honest. We live in a like a, a corporatist crony, like, you know, smoke and mirrors purported. I'm not going to argue with you on this, L. I mean, I like I've said this a million you get, times. You get called a commie for talking about it. I'm like, well, no, like, you I mean, know, maybe I'm a commie then. I don't give a shit. No, and this is the thing that uh, I, this is a uh, this is what I use to tell, which I get as a small subset. But there's like the objectivist types who are like free market capitalism, blah blah blah, and they're very pro big business. And the mm -hmm. thing I the thing I like to tell them that to try and get them to shift their mindset is like these guys aren't. Hank Reardon from Atlas Shrugged, who was the hero. These guys are Orrin Boyle, who was like the crony, the crony businessman. Like that's who these guys are. And you can't, you can't have a free market if you don't have a free market in money. And these we don't, the, and we haven't the, had a free market these are in the money. Big businesses that carried water for the federal government and acted as agents of the state and enforced the vaccine mandate even after yes. it was shut down. Like when you have unchecked corporate power like that, that 
is is essentially just another uh you know another wing of the federal government that's not free market capitalism uh, right. at all uh, and so right. But there's no room for nuance anymore. You can't you can't discuss right. things and you certainly can't change your mind upon learning new information. So you have to just blindly take your stance and dig your heels in and, you know, call anybody who disagrees with you a commie or a Nazi or whatever. That's that's really the state, the, the actual state of discourse for the most part. It's quite sad. Yeah, I mean, when I'm in a bad mood, sometimes I, I do that thing that you just warned people earlier to not do which was adopt that mindset of like, well, maybe just need to tear it all down. Like maybe, <laughs> like maybe they're right. Maybe the unwashed masses do need to just like, cause we're not, no one's waking up and I don't actually believe that it's just when I'm in a bad mood, but like it, oh, sure. it's, it's, it's an uphill battle. It's an uphill battle to think, look, uh, there is the people with power and money. And I mean, government power, like, Mm -hmm. can legitimately use guns against you. Um, mm -hmm. They hate the idea of you being free. Mm -hmm. Like they hate the idea of their not being their representative sitting in between you and your relationship with everyone else over any other thing. Like they need to be inserted. They're like, uh, it's like a, it's like they're a like busy a, body they're a middleman. on steroids. Yes. Yeah. They're a middleman. And, and they, can't stand not being a middleman and they have all the guns are most like they have the right to use them um right i'm putting in quotes i was uh, like that what was it it was either bite or you know it was like you know talking where he's like we have f-15s and nukes basically right address, swalwell address didn't swalwell say that yes and and so yeah. then you had a bunch of like you know largely like left-leaning people that were repeating that like oh they have the f-15s and nukes and i'm like you know you're my fucking neighbor right like <laughs> Like you realize that this is the, the, the in so, some sort of situation that would God help us would hopefully never arise. Like you, you would be collateral damage, and they would consider it worth it to quell so, uh, any sort of yeah. like potential actual like uprising. Like you would be collateral damage, and they wouldn't give a shit. Just because you right. you know post your Ukrainian flag and your profile on Twitter doesn't mean that you're exempt from you know being caught in the crosshairs like but absolutely you get to feel smug all the way down i don't know it's just sad such so sad yeah and there's it, no it's amazing there we we got into this mess like over you know the course of many centuries millennia even if you really want to you know get into the nitty-gritty of it so there's no easy instant maybe we've never been maybe. <laughs> maybe we've never been what sorry Maybe we never were out of the mess. Maybe humanity was just always a mess and we have not untangled ourselves. I don't know. The more I learn, the more I realize I don't know anything. So I have no good answers for you there. But <laughs> I just try to chase the curiosity and see where it takes me and leave the ego out of it. And that's, again, I'm not saying, I'm just saying that to myself most of all because, you know, it, it's a, these, if you become cognizant of where your ego gets in the way of your, you know, rational thinking or being able to look at things pragmatically, then that's probably where you need to dig in the most and, and learn what, what got you that way. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I love what you're saying. I mean, I think but I'm just a crazy person. So don't listen to me. Right. Right. <sighs> well, L look, I I've kept you for like over two hours, which is normally much longer than we, I mean, usually we stop oh. before two hours, so oh, I feel well, bad keeping you. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just ask you. Remind everyone, 
where do they find you? How do they follow you? How can they pay attention to what you're doing and how can they support you? Um, well, I am on Gab and Telegram, which are kind of where I keep the most, you know, I guess constant information going about, you know, what I'm looking into and what I'm researching into, which is gab.com forward slash some bitch I know, or Telegram, which is t.me forward slash some bitch I know. Um, I also do have a show three nights a week. It's called the Late Night All Stream, and it is late at night. It starts at 10, 9 Central on Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Those are on uh, hosted on a platform called Foxhole, which is like as free speech as it gets, and DLive, which I am looking to uh, deviate from, and Twitch, because I've already been deplatformed from YouTube. I'm sure Twitch is, you know, next on the chopping block. But um, yeah, they're not friends. It's a moving target. I've been uh, I've been canceled more times than I can count. But I will say, once you've been canceled once and had the rug pulled out from underneath you, all it really teaches you is how to uh, adapt and overcome and move on. So honestly, they've created a monster uh, because I, you know, they're the ones who taught me how to become resilient and, uh, you know, and going anywhere. But uh, so yeah, gab.com forward slash some bitch I know, t.me forward slash some bitch I know, some bitch told me.com. I haven't published an article in a very long time uh, on the site, but I've been working like a rework of it to kind of create more of a, a the, an index of things that I research rather than like full deep dive articles. It's all moving targets because again, I'm an army of one. Well, that's not entirely true, but I, I do all my own stunts and I'm just a person who's been given an incredible uh, chance to, to do something great and it kind of continues to take different forms. But as of right now, those are the forms that it is manifesting itself in. And I'd love for you to stick around and join me in my weird journey. So there, awesome. that's my pitch. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, I, uh, I have a lot of respect for what you're doing and uh, you may refer to yourself as a normal person, but not many people are doing like actually going down the rabbit hole and doing the work. So, and you are, so appreciate it, man. I appreciate getting the chance to get to like the fact that that's, I get the chance to, to, to do this again. That's what I kind of realized when I started like letting my ego, I was like, what kind of an asshole would I be if I squandered this and, and made it about me rather than the content. And so that's what I've been trying to actively, you know, pivot into more is letting, letting it not be about me and more about the content. So thanks. But it's not, it's not about me. It's about everything else. <laughs> well, thank you for all you do. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, I hope we have you back soon because uh, I love chatting with you. I'll have you on the show uh, sometime on mine. Anytime. Cool. All right. Take care. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for sticking around until the end. If you're new to Unsafe Space, Check out our deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from James Lindsay to Brett Weinstein. And please consider helping to fund our work by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space Discord server, which is open to financial supporters at any level. We hope to see you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been approved by Neil Young. Please consider canceling the responsible parties. Here's a list.
Do you know what's fascist? When truckers refuse to deliver products to the ruling class. That's what the dictionary says. I swear. The continued war on drugs will require the distribution of free crack pipes. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice courtesy. Never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.